This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omakase it is episode number 155 and this week uh, i am very proud of or pleased to be joined by uh, a returning guest mr sean cedor hi sean hi john how you doing i'm good i'm a little tired uh i got <laughs> i got woken up at like 7 a.m by the big spoiler from today of course so it was hard kind of hard to fall back asleep after that but uh you know Right, <laughs> the big spoiler. Uh, it's, it's, this is like the first New Japan show in a long time where I couldn't avoid the spoiler of who won. But I just think because of because I'm me, you know, and so many people were adding me about it. I guess given what the result was, I guess this was always going to happen when Naito yeah, won. I, I think you know it's a big New Japan spoiler. Or like even if like not even if you like search on people's tweets where you just open Twitter. And you're on like the if you're looking at it on your phone and you look at the page of the trending topics and you just see someone's name, then you know it's like something like I remember I remember when the Chris Jericho video happened where he challenged Kenny Omega. I knew the power struggle was that night, but then I see Chris Jericho's name trending. I was like, Oh, well, what's happened here? And then I, you know, click on it and obviously see they challenged Kenny. So yeah, it was a little weird to see uh a certain someone's name trending this morning when I woke up and to find out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't have to be fucking coy about it. I mean, they're, they're going to be spoiled on this show, so it's like, yeah, evil, evil won the title, everybody. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Well, actually, I, oh, well, actually, that's not the name I saw trending. Oh, Dick Togo. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the point is, I guess that uh. You know, I guess it was always going to happen. I was always going to get spoiled, so whatever. But yeah, if people are expecting me to have like a fucking nervous breakdown here or something. They're going to be disappointed because I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill about it. If you haven't seen my tweets, like, you know, uh, we'll talk about it when we get to the result. But like, if Naito was going to lose the title very quickly, I would rather it be to a current, like a, a former, or until very recently, until one of these two shows, an Lij member. And, you know, an LJ member I like and, you know, one of Naito's best friends dating all the way back to the Animal Hamaguchi gym. One of the fucking funniest takes I saw, through, like, when I was looking through Twitter were these fucking amateur psychologists who were like, oh, you can see Naito wasn't trying hard because uh, 
he doesn't agree with the booking. I'm like, Evil is like one of his best friends for like fucking 15 years. I don't think he was like crying his beer by having to put him over. It's like, come on now. But anyway. also, I don't think I don't think he's taking that uh, that big bump to the table. Exactly. With, with, with the knee, with the issues with his knees that he's had. I mean, this, the guy who's like, ever since I started watching New Japan like seven years ago, has had his knees taped like pretty much from that point on. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so. People people really want it. I people really like getting like. Uh, I guess their jollies off on like upset Naito or Lij fans or something, and like I guess some of them expected way more. But I've seen almost none. Like most of the Naito fans I follow on Twitter that are pretty hardcore are like, kind of, like very serene about this. It's like not. I don't know. I mean, look. First of all, it is really stupid to get really worked up about any fucking wrestling result in the middle of a global plague. So I mean, there's yeah. that too. And it's like, you know, we'll keep talking about it because it's like. There's part of me that's, especially after how these two shows went, you know, once you see what it's like where they can't cheer and they're really not supposed to cheer or yell or boo. And, you know, even though fans are back, it does not feel the same remotely. It still feels, you know, you can still definitely tell that something's wrong. Uh, I don't don't know. I I just don't really mind Naito not being the champion of this, I guess. Like, that's all, that's, I guess, really what it comes down to for me. Evil feels like a far more... Uh, you know, appropriate champion for the times we're in right now. Uh, on the other hand, I get I get the argument that like, you know, it's kind of a gut punch to people in a time when people probably don't really want or need to be gut punched. So that I get a little more, I guess. Although you have to, you also have to keep in mind that like the situation in Japan is just nowhere near as bad as the situation here. But like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? No, no, I, I was agreeing with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, uh, these, sorry, these kids outside are fucking screaming, so I can't. <laughs> I can barely, sometimes I can barely hear you over them, I guess. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's being picked up or not on the microphone, but these fucking brats need yeah, to shut up. I, I can hear it a little bit. But <laughs> I'll work through it. Uh, yeah, I can't do nothing about the neighbor's kids, unfortunately. But yeah, like, you know, Naito, and I, I, it's just, it doesn't really bother me that he's not the champion during this. Now, I will be more bothered if. Okada beats Evil for the title in like a month or two and Naito's like back in the fucking IC picture or whatever. That will annoy me a little more, I guess. But like if this is like some weird transition thing to kill time and Naito wins the belt back especially, which I kind of think he might, uh, I don't really have any problem with it. And I I like Evil. At the the end of the day, I like Evil. I like the fact that he's now going to be on that IWGP heavyweight thing for the rest of his career. I, I, there's there's really nothing like a wrestler you like winning the title for the first time is not a bad thing even if it comes at the expense of another wrestler you like's reign but like this was also just never gonna be I mean the reign was already fucked up right like this was never gonna be the big signature year long reign because the fucking year already lost four months due to COVID so it's like you know and I don't it doesn't really bother me that much so like I said if people are expecting to come on here and yell and scream about it uh, they're gonna be disappointed, I guess, because I just don't have that in me. I'm not. I was not that upset. I was shocked when I woke up to the spoiler, but especially after watching it play out, and I really am not upset with how it turned out. So, yeah, and I, I think part of the reason why people are upset might not be more so because not not as much because Naito lost, but more that it's just another another Bullet Club person is the champion, and obviously they're the most out of the I guess 
the main two heel factions who are the ones who probably cheat the most yeah and most obviously in their matches and and and, and i guess going off of that a little bit it's i was thinking about this and i guess would, would, would you call now evil i guess I, I mean obviously some of the bullet club members aren't available for obvious reasons but I, I guess you would consider him right now sort of the de facto leader of the group right now. Yeah, especially since Jay yeah. White's not there. Yeah, because I was going to say is that I was thinking about this and I realized so ever since Prince Devitt left in 2013, every Bullet Club leader since then has been the IWGP champion. I mean, you go through you know, AJ, uh, Kenny, Jay White, and then now Evil's champion. So... I mean, yeah, that's a good point too. I didn't even think of. Yeah, I mean, look, they need they need a top heel, right? And yeah. it's like there is no top heel with Jay White gone. And, and yeah. it, I I think this could be as much of a. I mean, look, there's also the debate of was this planned because Dave Meltzer, uh, back in November, said something like, you know, one idea for 2020 is for Evil to break off Lij and get a big singles push. So this may have been the plan all along. Like, if the year goes exactly how they plan, maybe Evil is supposed to win the New Japan Cup and this is supposed to play out at Sakura Genesis instead of Dominion. Uh, I think that's very possible. But on the other hand, I also don't think the Dave thing from November is like proof that that's what was going to happen. Like break evil off from LIJ and get a big singles push could be anything, right? It could have been, he's supposed to win the new Japan cup and lose to Naito. It could have been, he's supposed to get a program with Naito. It It didn't necessarily mean he was supposed to win the title. So I think some people who, we're taking that as like, oh, well, look, Dave said in November, so this is obviously always a plan. I'm like, well, you're, you're kind of jumping the gun there. I don't, I don't think Dave Meltzer's tweet proves that. I think the we'll never know either way unless Gato does a fucking shoot interview someday, I guess. But, like, you know, it's just not... I don't, I don't think that Dave Meltzer's thing is, like, you know, in, you know, undisputable, undisputed proof that uh, this was always the plan. But, you know, either way, if it was the plan, then great. Uh, if it wasn't the plan, I totally see why they did this because, like you're saying, you know, the Bull Club leader always wins the title. You know, you need a top heel. You don't have one right now. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess the top heel would have been, like, Minoru Suzuki, right? Like, or you could say Zach or Taichi or something. Like, they don't have a top heel. So, you know, Bullet Club's leader was nobody <laughs> with, you know, all these guys overseas. And these guys overseas are going to be overseas for a while, it looks like, especially the way things are going with the coronavirus in America. I don't know when Japan is going to open up their borders to any kind of travel to America. I mean, why would they at this point? So, yeah. uh, you know, I and mean... I guess, and I guess just to go off of what you said about the New Japan Cup, you know, I, I was thinking about this too. Is that if you, Well, first of all, I think if you... Even if you look at the original bracket for the tournament before, you know, COVID happened, I still think, still think that there's a reasonable sort of path where you could have gotten here and still sort of done some of the things that people originally theorized. Like, my my thinking is that, you know, Jay White, I think people were saying, like, Jay White was probably going to beat Okada, which obviously would be to say, oh, well, how do you get to where they got to here? And when I was thinking about it, my and sort of this is just, just when you think about it, just looking at the bracket, you know, I think there's a, you can make a reasonable argument that Juice Robinson probably could have made a very deep run into the uh, into the tournament and could have been the baby face in that final slot. I agree because um, yeah, they because they because they randomly lost the tag titles too, which yeah. looks really weird in hindsight. But that could have been why. Yeah, and, and even if you look at like the upper, which I'm looking at this bracket, I forgot how bad that upper part of the left side was. Um, but 
I know people would probably hate me for saying this, but just looking at it, I could also see a path where, where essentially they could have told a story where Juice beats Jay White in the quarterfinals, and then in the semifinals, he beats Bad Luck Fale, which, you know, he beats two Bullet Club members, and then in the finals, he, be, he meets Evil, who loses to a guy who's joined, you know, Juice loses to a guy who joins the Bullet Club. Um, and then I guess, too, with, the, with sort of just the timing of the, if, in, I guess, in this world where, you know, COVID never happens, I could have easily seen a scenario where Evil sort of gets the, I guess you could call it the experiment title run that sort of Naito got in 2016. Because it, to me, it sort of makes sense, you know, I guess talking about the whole thing, oh, was it planned or not? You know, let's not forget that before COVID, you know, LIJ had already been feuding with the Bullet Club, you know, through the Kenta feud and, you know, Jay White feuding with Sonata. So I, I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that the evil turn, if it was planned, would have been just sort of a continuation of that. And then if he wins the title Sakura Genesis, you could have just had a situation like where Naito had four years ago, where he wins the title, gets, you know, one defense at uh, Dentaku, and then immediately drops it back to Naito Dominion. Yeah, it's very, that was very uh, possible. I mean, look, if if you do that, it could still play out that way now, just for the more condensed schedule. Yeah. So it, I don't know. It would just depend on whether there's going to be another big show before the G1 starts. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's, uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's Sengoku Lord, and then I guess maybe they'll do one more. I mean, they could do Destruction, you know? That's yeah. September, you could do it at Destruction. I mean, we don't really know the schedule past this uh, Summer Struggle Tour, so that's why right. it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. But there's supposed to be a, pre- a press conference today at 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday evening. I'm not sure when it, when it will go up. But Sunday, uh, Monday Japan Time, uh, 3 p.m. Japan Time, 2 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, there will be a press conference. So we'll hopefully learn something. I mean, I think Evil's going to break up the belts. I do think that's going to happen. I think he is just, as a bad man, he will refuse to defend them both in a single match. But I guess we'll see. Um, you know, but before we get into everything, because I do want to go, I mean, we're going to go match by match on these two shows here, and there's a lot more to discuss, but, uh, like, you know, as far as, like, the Naito title reign goes, I mean, he had an, he sold out Osaka Joe Hall before, before and after COVID, <laughs> just with, like, you know, he sold it out with Kenta in a, a new beginning show that we never did before, and then he sold out again, uh, in the middle of a plague with no opponent, when they did not sell out, or they if they did sell it out, it was like at the last second. I don't know if they did finally. It wasn't sold out beforehand, the New Japan Cup final. So, you know, I mean, I I think it's, you could still say Naito Drew, I guess, during this title reign. And, you know, I, I just, people are already saying like, oh, that's it for Naito. I, look, I don't know if he's going to win the heavyweight title back, but like, if you haven't noticed a pattern with Naito in these feuds by now, I don't really know what to tell you. I mean, it goes pretty much the same every time. He loses a big, big match, and maybe he loses another match, and then he wins in the end. I mean, that's pretty much how it always is. That's how it was with Jericho. That's how it was with Jay White. Uh, That's even how it was with Kenny Omega from the first from 2016 to 2017, the G1. Although Kenny did win 2018. That's how it was with Ibushi. I mean, that's just that's just that's just the way they book Naito. So, you know. Uh, in hindsight, I'm not I, I'm not really surprised they would book him like this, even in his title reign, I guess, uh, and, and break it up. So I still kind of think that's what's going to happen. I I definitely can see a scenario where 
you know, Okada beats Evil for the heavyweight and Naito gets his revenge by winning the white belt back. And that would fucking annoy me. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, you know, I'm going to wait and let it play out before I preemptively get angry at things. So there's no point in getting preemptively angry, you know. So uh, I guess we'll just trust see what... Trust the process. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, <laughs> look, trusting the process worked out okay at Wrestle Kingdom. And that's the other thing, too. It's like, I, the other thing I don't think people get is like, 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 Naito fans really wanted him to have that moment. And he had that moment. It's called Wrestle Kingdom 14, which is, like, one of the greatest matches and moments I've ever seen in my entire life. So, like, even if Naito loses the belt here and never wins it back, you know, it doesn't take anything away from that. So, it's just not going to... It's like, it's he's, he's... Like, we're the fans of the long-suffering sports franchise that finally won the championship... And now this is the following season. He lost, and they didn't win the. You know, they went out in the first round. And it's like you're never going to be as upset when the team goes out in the first round the next year after you finally saw them win it all. It's like you know, I know that Naito won the title in 2016 too. People were probably screaming at their iPhones, but that was a little different. I mean, he won it the same way Evil won it here with uh, you know the interference and everything. But look, he finally had his moment at Wrestle Kingdom 14, and you know, just what happened at Dominion does not take anything away from it. So. I don't know. The people who yeah. seem maddest are like, I don't either like trolling New Japan, like people who don't like New Japan are trolling, or like people who aren't really Naito fans that just don't like evil. And it's like I really have not seen any Naito fans get super angry. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I it's funny. I just kind of going off the Wrestle Kingdom thing. I just thought of a, a funny sports analogy. You know, it's sort of like. The, uh, those series uh, NBA finals that the Warriors and the Cavaliers had with LeBron James. It's like, I'm sure Cleveland fans probably just remember the one they won instead of the three that they lost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's very difficult to like have the same level of anger after that, you know? Uh, yeah. Anyway. But before I go any further, I do want to quickly remind everybody that Wrestling Omakase has a Patreon. So please check us out at patreon.com slash wrestling omakase. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, you know, we, we, we're about to wrap up our series, you know, covering every Okada and Tanahashi match in order. So the 13th episode went up on Saturday, I think, or Friday, one of those two. Uh, and the 14th episode is about to come out probably you know, Monday or Tuesday. So we're almost done. You can go back and listen to all of them. Uh, you can just check in at the end if you want, whatever you want to do. And then we're also voting on the next series. It'll be a Naito series that I mentioned, uh, I think, a few times. So right now, I mean, the, the poll is so close, I can't even tell you who's going to win. It's tied right now between Naito Ibushi and Naito Ishii. So we'll see. It might even have to go to a runoff, which is kind of cool. So that'll be up next. That'll be, again, exclusive for patrons. We'll watch every single match of that series uh from start to finish so you know we follow along we talk about other storylines going on with the wrestlers in between each match uh it's basically just one big you know new japan history lesson slash uh you know talking about some really great old matches so and and even some matches like they go katanahashi i think people uh if you're expecting me to, to give every match five stars you'll be surprised i mean i've given only one of them five stars so i definitely go into like things I didn't like about some of them. I mean, there were some that, you know, just are not up to the level of uh, 
I think, how they're historically known. So if you want to hear me break it all down and talk about what makes the matches work, what makes them not work, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, we talk all about it. So it's been a fun series. I hope you'll check it out. Uh, in addition to that, you get uh, two anime omakases a month. We just put up a new one, the longest one yet so far with me and Nicole uh, talking High Score Girl, which is a series we've talked about on Wrestling Omakase before, but we go really in-depth on that. And if you like even like classic arcade gaming, uh, the you know the show's all about it, so we talk a lot about video games on that episode as well. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's on the Patreon right now. Um, you know, we have the full exclusive episodes of Wrestling Omakase, uh, which are five matches episodes. So if you're missing those, since we're not doing them right now, obviously on the free feed, although we're going to do one next week, by the way, so I can just reveal that now. But yeah, we have like three exclusive full episodes up on the Patreon already. Uh, from June, it was with uh, me and Alan Farrell from the PW Torch website, uh, Rich Krejci from the VOW flagship. And then already in July, we've done another one with uh, Nate from Everything Elite. I talked about the uh, Omega and Hangman Page versus Young Bucks match, which uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on that, it's on that episode. So all you got to do is subscribe. And we're going to have another one coming up next week with Rob Reed from the formerly of the British Wrestling Roundtable, now from the uh, Voices of Wrestling Quiz Night. So that'll be the Patreon exclusive episode for next week. There'll also be a free five matches episode next week with me and Joe Gagney from uh, the Five Star Match Game. So it's all quiz all the time next week. Uh, but yeah, so like all that stuff is on there. It's only $5 a month. So you sign up right now for $5. You get everything that's coming up. You get the entire archive, which is, you know, like I said, all the stuff from June, uh, all the stuff from earlier in July. So I think it's a great deal. I mean, you're getting so much stuff every week. I think you'll definitely enjoy it. So $5 a month, patreon.com slash wrestling omakase. Uh, you know, the link is, of course, in the profile. So definitely check us out. All right. So let's get into these two shows. Let's start out with the New Japan Cup final on July uh, July 11th, uh, Saturday, July 11th. We get this cool opening video to start, which like just goes over New Japan's return, uh, you know, but without fans. And, you know, it's like a very like, uh, I don't know, like emotional video, I guess you would say. Like very yeah. much like... Uh, you know, kind of just pointing out that how much they've been waiting for this and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, and they're basically at the end they say "New Japan, new start," which uh, <laughs> sure turned out to be true. So mm-hmm. can't disagree with that. Uh, the opening match: Togi Makabe and Tomoyaki Honma defeating the Young Lions Yotsuji and Yuya Uemura in nine fifteen. Makabe pinning Uemura with a German suplex hold. Uh, this was, you know, it was all right. I would say it kind of, even though it only went two and a half minutes, it kind of felt like it dragged a little. Uh, I went two, I would, I went like two and a half on it. Um, the, the main, like most of the notes I put here are just like, you know, what the building was like, first of all, like there's a shot of the crowd. As you can see, there's definitely lots of people here, but definitely spread out. It's one third full. Uh, it looked very similar to the baseball games, the Japanese baseball games I was watching on Saturday as well. Um, you know, people were already doing a lot more clapping than cheering. Uh, they've asked people not to cheer too loudly to avoid spreading the virus. Uh, but it's still just great to see wrestling fans back at an NJPW show after four months. Um, I don't know when fans are going to come back in the U.S. at the rate we're on. I mean, maybe they'll just say fuck it and just do it anyway, even though it's incredibly unsafe. That seems to be what we're doing with everything. But, uh, you know. Who knows? 
but mm. yeah, I mean, we I know we already have shows back on some indie, sh- like very low level indie shows. I yeah, know like G- GCW like is doing Atlantic City. I mean, GCW, I I don't actually think that's that irresponsible because first of all, it's outdoors, so that's always, that helps yeah. for uh, the for like spreading the virus. And second of all, like new, the area, like New Jersey, New York, is like one of the only areas that's doing pretty well right now. You know, like up to the up to yeah, I guess up to New England too. But like the rest of the country is not doing well at all. Uh, but yeah, so you know, lots of clapping instead of shouting. It, it takes a lot to get used to. Uh, you know, everyone just claps a lot whenever there's a spot. You can still hear one or two rebels yelling here or there, and then that kind of stopped pretty quickly too. And then we'll talk. Like there was more of that on the first night than the second night. And I found out from like looking at Japanese Twitter that I guess they reminded fans before the show not to cheer <laughs> on the second night. Like they really yeah. gave them a strong reminder, and there was like more notices posted too at Dominion than there was in the New Japan Cup final. So if you're wondering why you heard like. I would say slightly more shouting and like you know audible reacting, which they're not supposed to be doing uh, on the New Japan Cup final. It's because they definitely were telling people more not to do it on the for Dominion. So yeah, at least there was you know at least there was some noise. Yeah, I mean I, it's definitely better than Ebdy Arena. I don't I don't really think there's any argument that it's uh you know better. It's not better than Ebdy Arena, but yeah, I guess the only thing they might have to figure out is how the fans are supposed to respond to heels. Yeah, there's no way to do it because you're supposed to... Yeah. I mean, there's you can clap instead of cheer, but you can't do anything instead of booing. Like, what are they supposed to do? Reverse clap? <laughs> it doesn't really work. I mean, so. I guess... I, I guess, you know, you could maybe say, oh, if you... If, it, if you're cheering, if you want to cheer, you can clap and, and then if you want to boo, you can do something like stop your feet or something. Yeah. Which, but stopping be very different. Yeah, but, but stopping uh, your feet already means like something right, to fans. Yeah. I don't know, like means like they're getting fired I, up. I think mouth. I think they could figure out something. Yeah, to maybe work that out. But yeah, that that part of it's definitely weird because you know it's easy, obviously it's easy to cheer the good guys, but if you can't boo the bad guys, then what are you you know what are you supposed to do? Uh, the announcers, uh, you know, they try to make up for their lack of crowd noise a little bit, where they, you know, just like they did on the uh, on the on the no fan shows like they like when uh the easiest example in this match is when homa missed the kokeshi like to make up for the crowd not being able to do it the announcers made like that extra loud exasperated noise so yeah it is very weird not hearing those japanese fan noises you're used to hearing i mean it took me a long time to adjust but uh anyway this match was fine i'd say okay like two and a half what do you think of the opener any any Um, thoughts on it i i went i went three stars on it um you know, it's just basic young line stuff. Um, a nice match, or I guess one of those matches where you can give a team like a GBH a win just to keep them somewhat credible so that, you know, when another higher-ranked team beats them, they're not beating, a, you know, a team that's, like, lost all the recent matches. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just fulfilled that role, and it was pretty much what you would expect from the young, the, uh, young Lions. Match number two, Tenkoji defeating Hiroki Goto and Gabriel Kidd in 9.57. Uh, Kojima pinned Kidd with a lariat. Um, this was... I, I thought this was a little better than the opener. Uh, I liked Tenkoji running wild for a good long time, especially on Kidd. Uh, there was a big elbow exchange with Goto and Tenzan that was pretty good. Um, you know, and Goto uh, like came came back and like held Kojima for a missile drop kick from Kidd. So it was a good little teamwork there. 
Uh, and then Kojima eventually came back and picked came with a lariat. Uh, fun little energetic tag. I would go three stars. Yeah, I'd also go three stars than this. Um, sort of similar thoughts to the opener, just, you know, solid little match, just except, you know, it's uh, a young line and a veteran this time. Um, and sort of like GBH, it sort of just gives Tenkozy or Tenkoji, sorry about that, uh, I, I always mix up whether it's Tenkozy or Tenkoji. I, I think uh, either one works. Okay. All right. So I guess I really didn't get it wrong. But nonetheless, you know, it just gives them, like GBH, just gives them a win to sort of, uh, just, just to sort of keep them credible as a team. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, ma- match number three, what we all came to see, Master <laughs> Watto defeats Doki in his debut in 746 with the RPP. I don't know what that stands for, but that's his finisher, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, this was... Uh, look, I know people are have seen my... If you see my Twitter account, you know that I've enjoyed Master Watto since his debut. Uh, he's been... I just... It's, been, it's fun to just tweet things like, I feel like Master Watto, and... Uh, I actually think my favorite tweet that I did was when I just put, like, the the NXT number, the AEW number, and then like Watto Master, which people did seem to <laughs> people did seem to enjoy that. Look, it's just funny to type Master Watto, okay? I think it's funny to to read it and uh you know read it in your head too. It's a it's a cool cool thing to type. But uh I, on the same level though, I think this match was good. Like I do sincerely think this match was good. I'm not I promise, uh this is my promise from me to you, the listener, I am not memeing you. I am not uh, liking a wrestler for the memes or whatever. This match was sincerely a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it, it involves two people who are not the two most polished wrestlers of the New Japan roster, obviously. Uh, Doki got a regular New Japan spot because he's drinking buddies with Taichi, and El Desperado got hurt before Best of Super Junior once. So, it's still one of my favorite things that that's how he got into New Japan. Yeah. And he's still here after, after you know, a, a fucking year later. But yeah, um, but I think Doki actually, like, has improved a lot since he came to New Japan. Like, I think he is just, like... I never thought he was as bad as some people, I guess. But I think his, like, just execution of moves has gotten a lot better. He always had, like, this weird little charisma to him, like, as a, uh, you know, as an indie scummer guy that, like, made people like him, I think. But, like, but I think he actually, like, has sincerely gotten better at just doing stuff in his matches. So, um, but, yeah, there's a, like... You know, basically, Doki, like, attacks him right away at the lead pipe. but Or he tries to attack him right away at the lead pipe. But thankfully, Watto ducked. Uh, and then he wiped out Doki with a pretty nice spin dive to the floor. Uh, Doki comes back with his own suicide dive to the floor. Which, uh, you know, I, I need to know because the Lucha fans told me Watto can't catch dives. I think he caught this dive just fine. So there you go. Uh, Doki shoves the ref down and he beat on Watto with a lead pipe on the floor. Because he's a dastardly man. Uh, then we got some more good back-and-forth action. Watto with some nice little kicks. I, I enjoyed Watto's kick-based offense. And then Doki hit a really nice springboard DDT from the apron uh, right after what looked like an axe bomber, a tribute to Taichi, perhaps. But yeah, the springboard DDT, I mean, I don't remember him doing stuff like that when he first came in, so he's he's gotten his moveset looking a lot better. Uh, and then Watto, you know, he just leans very heavily on his ca- real-life karate background, hit a nice spinning kick, and then, like, this little spinning combination of strikes... Uh, he had this wacky reverse powerbomb face buster, like, uh, you know, which I it, I definitely don't think that move could use 
you know, maybe he needs to work on it, get the kinks out, but it looked okay. And, you know, I don't mind him trying something new. And then... What's funny is that I saw that, and I'm actually sort of very familiar with that move, because I, I feel like either... I remember playing, like, you know, the, the, the WWE video games in the 2000s, and I feel like that move was either, like, one of either, like, Jeff Hardy or Big Show's, like, signature moves. Oh, maybe you're right. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I sort of, it was, you know, it looks, it's a move that looks very awkward anyway, but I, I do remember, like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's that move. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then he pins him with that flipping, or not flipping, it's like a spinning senton, right? I guess on the top rope. The, the, the move that AJ used to do. Oh, yeah, like the spinal tap. Yeah. Yeah, it, looked, it just looked kind of similar. But yeah, it looked, that looked good, so he finished it off well. I would go three and a half on this. I thought it was pretty damn fun. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend it was a classic, but uh, it ended up being my match of the night. So, <laughs> three and a half star match. Good back and forth action. Nice debut for Watto. Uh, I I think some of the people who were, like, really upset by the Watto thing, like, look, what was Kawato good at in New Japan before he left? He was really good at being the underdog babyface. So that's going to be his role here. I mean, he's going to be an underdog babyface who gets his ass kicked and comes back with his kicks and wins. And, you know, this, this, this gimmick is not supposed to be, like, you know, I think people are very used to... Young Lions now coming back with these badass gimmicks and getting like these giant pushes, but like I'm, it, he's gonna start out in the junior division. He's gonna work his way up slowly. He's a gimmick probably for the kids as much as anything, you know. And they New Japan does has a long history of pushing uh, like colorful and maybe even cartoony gimmicks for children in the junior division. That's kind of one of the things the junior division's always been for. So, you know, I don't really mind this at all. I think it's a, you know, I think it's a mindful try. It's a good idea. It's better than forcing him to be a heel when he is clearly not a heel. Uh, and people who saw him in Mexico can tell you he was not very good at it. So I just think he's a he's a very natural baby face. And I think he looked good in his role here. So Yeah, and something else you have to remember as well is that he's also, Kawato is in a promotion that sort of, I think Harold May even said this, that sort of values beautiful looking wrestlers mm. and I don't think that's a description that you would use to describe Kawato because he's a, a, a weird looking man yeah well, uh, I, I, well I like the fact that they gave him this wacky blue hair and like all this like colorful like uh, all this blue outfits too because I think it, it almost like distracts you from the fact that he's kind of a little goofy looking yeah but um no no yeah I, I would agree I would probably go three and a half on this it was a pretty good match um both guys worked pretty hard which you know I, i'm not surprised that doki will be working very hard because you know who knows when he's gonna get a singles match again exactly <laughs> so, yeah and, and two two other notes about doki that i just thought of so i guess him coming in was very timely also in the, when he did last year in the sense that people probably forget but suzuki gun I think within like the span of a year, like lost like a third of its roster because you had like Davey Boy Smith left, Lance Archer retired, and then Lance Archer left. So you know he, he was sort of filling, I guess, a need for Suzuki Gun. And then also let's let's give Doki some credit here with that uh, the way his mask is fashioned. He was you know way ahead of the curve. He was already, <laughs> he was already fully prepared for Corona. That's true. 
Uh, okay, so speaking of Corona, we got a, a brief disinfecting slash cleaning intermission here, uh, which I don't think was as long as the one from the, as the ones from the New Japan Cup. Uh, but I fast forwarded, so I'm not even entirely sure because I didn't watch this live. Uh, match number four: uh, Yujiro Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori defeating Sonata and Bushi in 9:20 when Yujiro pinned Bushi with the uh, pimp juice. <laughs> that DDT thing, I guess. Uh, still no water split, spit from Bushi, so they still gotta keep that uh, hygienic. We'll, we'll talk about what somebody else did with their water spit later, because it was amazing. Um, everybody claps really loud for Sonata, uh, drop kicking Ishimori out of the Paradise Lock. I thought that was funny. Like, like wrestling pundits have to reevaluate how they uh, like judge crowds during this, I guess, and like. But but you can still tell that the clapping is louder sometimes. So, you know, that's what you have to listen for, I guess. Uh, but other than that, I thought this was just the definition of a match. Or definition of just a match, I should say. Um, you know, I went two and a half. It was fine. Really not much to it. Um, I get why they have to push, push Ujiro because there's, like, nobody here. You know, I mean, New Japan's missing, missing more of the roster than any other company in Japan right now. Uh, probably in the whole world, too. I, don't, I mean, I don't think AEW's missing this many people, right? Uh, so, you know, you're, you're missing... I think the only person that AEW is really missing right now, I guess, would be Pac. Yeah, and Riho. Players. Um, Riho, too. Yeah. Who's, oh, yeah, Riho. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, no, this is, this is sort of... I guess this is just sort of an indication of what was to come throughout the rest of the, uh, the two nights. Yeah. Um, obviously, Bullet Club is down on manpower. And they needed to just like get get some of their members bolt up, and as weird as weird as it is to see, it you know it had to be Ujiro, I guess. Yeah, I mean he's the number two uh, guy in the unit, I guess. So you know, I mean before what happened at the end of the main event, he was like briefly the lead, the de facto leader, I guess. Because <laughs> it's like right as of this match, the Bullet Club in Japan, the people who are actually there are. Yujiro, Gato, Jado, and Ishimori. So I mean, he's the only heavyweight. So you know, and out of that, and out of that group, he's also the one who's been in Bullet Club the longest. That's a good point too. I didn't even think of that because he's been there since Domtaku 2014. Yeah. So yeah, it's been he's been there. he's been in Bullet Club for over six years. That's crazy. Because remember, yeah. remember how stunned everybody was when he turned? Because like at that point, he was the first ever Japanese person to join Bullet Club. Because right. you know. At that point, everybody was like, "What a Japanese person in Bullet Club!" Because they were only, uh, you know, Amer- the the foreigners at that point. And yeah, I mean, now of course there's a million Japanese people in Bullet Club, so it's not. I mean, there's another Japanese person in Bullet Club that also can't get in the country. So it's like there's so many of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's quite a lot now. Uh, yeah, I guess to go and just go back to, to a point you made uh, a minute or two ago. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it feels like that New Japan, out of all of the Japanese promotions, seems like the one that's most heavily... I mean, I mean obviously, their whole roster isn't foreigners, but they re- rely, obviously, very heavily on foreigners. I think they probably rely on foreigners more so than any other company right now. Would that be fair to say? Uh, in, in Japan, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, not not surprised that they would be affected the most by this. Yeah. Um, so that leads us to match number five, uh, which was an eight-man tag with, let's see, 
I couldn't remember who won this, honestly. Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru beating Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Yuji Nagata, and Ryusuke Taguchi in 1243. Uh, Desperado pinned Taguchi with the uh, Pinche Loco, which makes sense when you keep in mind what happens the following night, but uh, where he comes out to challenge Shingo. But yeah, this was originally supposed to be Suzuki on the Suzuki-Gun side, but Kanemaru had to replace him. Uh, Suzuki came down with a fever, they said, since the last show. Uh, New Japan said he tested negative back on July 3rd uh, and hasn't had any contact with anyone else on the roster since. So, I mean, we don't even know that he had the he has the coronavirus, for sure. I mean, there's other things that can give you a fever. Um, so hopefully he doesn't have it at all. Uh, but even if he does have it, it sounds like this wouldn't be the start of a New Japan outbreak, like a locker room-wide outbreak, hopefully. So uh, I guess keep your fingers crossed. Um, yeah, they took the necessary precaution. Yeah. So that's all you can ask. I mean, they're keeping everybody... They're, they're, I think the idea is that's why they're giving these breaks between shows. It's like you have like eight days now again until the next show. It's like, you know, you'll do a little mini tour, but then they're going to get these breaks to make sure nobody's infected, I guess. Um but yeah, so things break down this early. Everybody starts going after Tanahashi's leg. Uh, there's this awesome exchange where Ibushi and Zack, uh, you know, Zack, I, I, one of the things I love about Zack in New Japan is when he is very cocky and then gets his ass kicked. And that definitely happened here where he was like, come on, babe. And then Ibushi just totally whipped his fucking ass. It was awesome. Uh, but Desperado eventually got the punch of death with the referee's back turned to set the pinche loco. And that got the pin. Uh, I thought this was a really fun eight-man. I didn't take a ton of notes on it. But, uh, you know, it's only 12 and only about 13 minutes. But I would go three and a half. I thought this was good. Uh, and Suzuki-Gun basically just kept beating ass afterwards. But then Tanahashi and Ibushi came back and laid out Taichi after the match. So uh, maybe that's not maybe that's not a good sign. I wrote for their chances the next night. And indeed, that turned out to be true. So, <laughs> I know. Getting, yeah. the, getting the last laugh here probably wasn't a good sign for them. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's a, a quick question on Desperado. So is that is that fist, is that just meant to be a closed fist? I think so. Back? Yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. I, I wasn't sure if it was meant to be, oh, he had some sort of weapon that was... No, just, I don't think it's supposed to be a weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think it. it's just, yeah, just a closed yeah, I just fist. I want to check. I, I'm pretty sure it was a closed fist. Yeah. He's doing... Um, no, yeah, this was a, like you said, pretty good match. Three and a half stars. Just, you know, did a good job of building up the tag title match for the next night. Yeah. And it could just continued to do the thing that they've been doing the whole tour where anytime Tanahashi is in a tag match, he gets his legs absolutely destroyed. <laughs> he did uh, Dragon Screws. So, yeah. Uh, the semifinal was a six man tag team match. Uh, we had Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Hiromu Takahashi beating Tomohiro Ishii, Toriano, and Sho in exactly 15 minutes when Naito pinned Yano with a jackknife hold. I was wondering how they are going to get out of this, because like, there was no obvious pin eater in this match. Uh, it ended up being Yano, which I thought might be the case, but Yano almost never gets pinned for a guy who you probably think of being on the low side. Uh, I, I think he... I, I looked this up in my preview. He, like... This was his first pinfall loss of the entire year so far. Which, even with four months off, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, he never gets pinned. I mean, he got eliminated from the New Japan Cup by Countout, obviously. And, you know, I'm pretty sure he had a really positive fall differential last year, too. It's just, he very rarely takes direct falls. So, um, uh, speaking of Yano, I I thought he was still spitting his water. And I was ready to be like, why the fuck is he allowed to do that when Bushi isn't? But he, as he turned around, you can see he has a fucking spray bottle. 
So he's spraying the water instead of spitting, so he can still have the water going in the air. It's actually, like, amazingly ingenious. So, uh, props to Yano for that one. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. This is act- oh, sorry about that. I was just going to say this is actually, I would say this is probably actually my match of the night. Mm. And that's just mainly sort of based off of the uh, the Shingo and Shill exchanges, which were which were pretty awesome and obviously would help self-match the next night, but no, I just really enjoyed this. It was a very, very uh, entertaining match. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say is Hiromu looked like he just woke up for some reason uh, when he came out. Maybe, maybe he did. Who knows? Uh, I thought it was also funny. He was like flipping through the the, the recent issue of uh, Weekly Pro that he's on the cover of down the aisle, which I thought was funny. Um, oh, excuse me. And Yano still would not leave poor Hiromu's hair alone. Uh, and there was, like you said, a pretty damn good. Shingo and Show Exchange, a good preview for Dominion. Uh, Yano nearly pinned Naito with a roll-up after sending him in the exposed turnbuckle. Uh, he tried to rake Naito's eyes, but Naito's like, I'll rake your eyes back, buddy, don't don't test me. Uh, and then Yano got, like, a bunch of good near-falls on Naito where he, like, you know, almost pinned him with inside cradle after Ishii Larry to the back of the head. Uh, it was a really great, like, 2.9 count. He tried another schoolboy, but Naito kicked out again. But then Naito finally pinned Yano with a jackknife hold after a Shingo Lariat. A very rare pinfall loss for Yano, like I said. Uh, I was a little bit lower than you. I went three and a quarter. I thought maybe the match was a little tad disappointing for the big semi-main slot. Uh, But, you know, it was good. Uh, Naito in the post-match was funny with Naito inspecting all the belts. And then Naito and Hiromu each, like, leaped down into their poses. While Shingo was like, I will slowly and carefully sit down into my pose. Thank you very much. I thought was funny. Uh, and now this looks a little sadder in hindsight. Now they, they don't have two of these belts anymore, but what are you going to do? Uh, the New Japan Cup final, Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. Uh, first of all, one guy yells woo at the end of the VTR, the hype video, which is just very noticeable in a show where no one's been cheering all night. Um, and I also know you could just hear more like faint calls during the during this match than any other match of the night. Uh, Evil, you know, beats on Okada for a while. That's kind of how it started. Uh, not super interesting stuff. Uh, Okada's selling when his arm was being stretched out and kicked in the railing. Especially I thought it was pretty corny. I just didn't think it was very good selling. Um, Okada, like, came back by booting Evil over the railing. He delivered his signature, his signature hanging DDT. Uh, Evil came back by working over Okada's arm. Okada countered with a flapjack out of nowhere. Uh, you could definitely hear more people shouting during this during, than all the other matches combined, but the match was still kind of dull. Um, there was a cool little spot where Okada hit a counter drop kick to Evil's diagonal running lariat, so that was cool. Uh, he had a tombstone and locked in the Cobra Clutch, and again, you can finally hear some people shouting for Evil to get out of it, which he did. Um, Evil then threw Okada into the ref and low blowed him, again, continuing his whole thing throughout this tournament of, uh, you know, he's willing to do whatever he whatever it took to, to win. Um, and then both guys are down for a bit before Evil recovers first. He grabs several chairs from under the ring. Uh, he hits Darkness Falls in the chairs, but only gets two. Uh, he sets Okada up on the top rope and hits a huge superplex, but all, that also gets two. Uh, he tries for the Evil, the STO, but Okada elbows his way out of it, so Evil rakes his eyes, but Okada comes back with his with his uh, reverse neck breaker. Uh, 
Evil no-sold the shotgun dropkick from Okada, popped right back up, and Okada put him down with the spinning tombstone, and then locked in the Cobra Clutch at Glenn. Uh, and then one thing I really hated was when Okada let him out for really no reason at all. It's like, why not just hold on to it and wait for the fucking ref stoppage like you got against Hiromu? It just made no no fucking sense that he would let go of the Cobra Clutch, of the, of the Cobra Clutch there. It just didn't make any sense at all. Uh, he hit the short arm Rainmaker Lariat without the spin. He hits the second one, and he locks in the Cobra Clutch again. Uh, Gato then suddenly ran out and got on the apron. I will say, as much as I hate interference, Okada is at least smart enough, unlike most WWE wrestlers, to not forget about his actual opponent, just because another man is out there. Uh, he did not let go of evil. He just kept the hold on while looking at Gato, like, what are you doing, buddy? Uh, but Yujiro Takahashi ran out from behind and, bro- and broke the hold. He gave him the Tokyo Pimps or whatever it's called. And then Gato and Yujiro both left. Um, at this point, were you spoiled, by the way, by the, about the turn or no? Um, yes. Okay. Yes, I-, I was not spoiled. And at this point, I was like, hmm, is Evil actually joining Bullet Club or are Gato and Yujiro just, uh, you know, trying to go after Okada because they hate Okada? So I really couldn't tell. So it felt like the crowd couldn't either. So because uh, they didn't, they still didn't see the turn coming at the end. Um, both guys were down for a while. Evil recovered first, hit a lariat, but only got two. We hit the thirty-minute call. Evil went for the STO again, but Okada still manages to elbow his way out of it. He tries Darkness Falls, but Okada counters to the Cobra Clutch again. Uh, they back up in the corner and bump Red Shoes again. I the only I hate multiple ref bumps in a match. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, they go through what seems like a slow motion reversal sequence. Uh, it just wasn't good at all, that reversal sequence they did at the end there. Uh, but it ends with Evil hitting another low blow and then stomping on his nuts for good measure. Uh, he gets booed for that. I guess the crowd's decided they, they don't care if they spread a virus. They want to boo this man. And then finally, uh, Evil hits the Evil on Okada for the pin to win the New Japan Cup. Uh, I did not think this was a very good main event. Uh... The big problem, besides Okada just not, you know, dragged really long, I thought. I thought Okada's selling throughout the match was pretty pretty brutal at times. Uh, the, new Cobra, the new Cobra Clutch focus from Okada has been very hit or miss in this tournament. I just thought it was a pretty dull finisher, which didn't help a pretty dull match. Uh, we had to sit through two ref bumps, run-ins, all that crap, uh, which I'm sure will continue tomorrow. You know, I, I wrote at the time, I'm sure it will continue tomorrow for the title challenge. I had no idea he was going to fucking win, of course. Uh, I kind of thought he wasn't still at this point, but yeah. Uh, I went two and three quarters. I just didn't think it was very good. Uh, one of the weaker New Japan main events in a while, and, you know, um, one of the weaker New Japan Cup finals I can remember. So that's pretty much where I'm at with this. Um, Just out of curiosity, um, I re- remember, I think it was 2017, it was the year where Evil beat Okada in the G1. Now, if I recall, I believe you said that you were not a big fan of the match they had at King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, where does that match for you? Uh, I think I went lower on that one. I think I went two and a quarter. Okay. So it's not the worst Evil Okada match you've seen, but on the lower end. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was just curious, because I, I do remember people really hating that match at the time so but i i before all the bullshit started towards the end i actually was sort of i didn't i wasn't like loving the match but i was thinking, oh this is this is pretty good stuff um i'm someone who like 
I guess when it comes to certain ref bumps in New Japan, I can sort of live with it if it like doesn't lead directly to the finish. Like the one in the middle of the match where he, that he basically just used just so he can do the darkness falls onto the chairs, which I believe he also did in that G1 match where he beat Okada. Like I, that, that was like I was fine with that because it's like okay, he did this to set the spot, and then they they kept going. And so, like that, that sort of ref bump, that that particular one didn't bother me that much. But yeah, once they started getting in, you know, into the bullshit at the end, it obviously dragged it down a little bit. Um, if it had just had a clean finish, it probably still would have been sort of on the, the lower end of Okada um, evil matches for me. Like I probably still would have had their various G1 matches above it. But you know, I I would go. I, I think I went three and a half in the grapple app. I, I still liked a lot of the wrestling, like in the first you know, 75% of the match. And then obviously, you know, the, the stuff at the end obviously takes it down. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, afterwards, Nato, uh, Naito came out. So Evil called Naito out. Uh, and he was basically, you know, asked Naito to come out. And Naito said, you know, basically he was like this, this new evil that will do anything to win. I like that guy. Let's have a good title match tomorrow. And he goes to put his fist up. Uh, and Evil acts like he's going to put his fist up too, but then he puts up that fucking click sign instead. Which is act- actually was a cool visual when he put up the, you yes. know, the the Wolfpack sign to the fist. And then gives him the STO. Uh, the other four members of Bullet Club are actually there. Gato, Yujiro, Ishibori, and Jado. Uh, a real murderer's row, which kind of explains why they needed Evil to turn and join in the first place. Uh, come out and join him. And then Evil steps on Naito's L.I.J. hat, which people were really upset about. You could hear in the crowd, they were reacting to that one even. Again, no fear of spreading a deadly virus. They had to react to that one. Um, but yeah, then he celebrates with his new buddies. They start stomping Naito very briefly, but then Hiromu runs out and the rest of L.I.J. run out behind him to save where they can keep beating Naito down. So there you go. Uh, I would say this show was not very good. Um, you know, really, it wasn't a bad show. I mean, there was enough stuff on the undercard that was good to find that I like, I didn't hate watching it, but like, you know, the main event was just not good. Like one of the weaker main events in a while. So of the two shows, I think it was clearly far inferior and, you know, it was, uh, like probably like a four out of 10 show or something. Yeah. Like I would say that like this show, I don't think even if you didn't like evil Okada, I don't think you could say like, Oh, this was one of like, you know, it was bad for a New Japan main event, but I also don't think you can call it like one of the worst matches of the year. Oh yeah, not not close to that. I don't think it's so, far. so if you're looking at it from that point, like there really wasn't there really wasn't like a god awful match on the show. Yeah, it's sort of the main event. Just you know, it was it just you know had the stuff at the end that was obviously meant to set up the turn for evil. Which you know, I, I do think all, all with the uh, with the uh, click sign, I think that's going to go down as one of the I think when you look at, back at New Japan in 2020, you know, obviously you're going to think about Corona, but I think the one visual aside from like Naito winning in Wrestle Kingdom is going to be that moment where Evil, you know, puts up the click sign instead of the fist bump. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a pretty, you know, I guess an I guess an okay show, nothing stellar, but I guess that's okay because it was just meant to just set up the next night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely think it was a 
a, t- a fine show, not a not a great show, not even an average yeah. show. You know, a whatever show, maybe is the best way to put it. Like, obviously, a bunch of undercard tags and then a disappointing main event. Not a good show, but it wasn't like it was like the worst show I've ever seen or anything like that. Uh, the following night, oh, they they did put up the uh, the crowd number. It looks like so you can actually get the exact number. Yeah, actually, I did. Dominion. Actually, I... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say I actually saw it on. I saw the numbers on Cage Match. Yeah. Or Cage Match had the numbers up. I do think it's interesting that I guess the only real note is that uh, Dominion had like a couple hundred more fans. It was more than a couple hundred. So Dominion was thirty eight ninety eight, and the New Japan Cup final was thirty three eighteen. So yeah. it was like it was like over, I guess over seven hundred, almost eight hundred. Yeah. Or no, over 500, almost 600. Okay, so there you go. I can't yeah. do math, everybody. But yeah, I mean, I heard the New Japan Cup final did not sell out and Dominion did. So I guess yeah. that, I think 38.98 was the sellout for the one-third. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, and we didn't mention, by the way, the main event went 31.50, which, you know, maybe that should have gone a little shorter, and we're going to talk about that again <laughs> when it comes to the Dominion main event. So uh, Dominion began with a, another six-man tag. Uh Satoshi Kojima, Yuji Nagata, and Ryusuke Taguchi defeating Togi Makabe, Tomoaki Hama, and Gabriel Kidd in 925 when Nagata submitted Kidd with the Nagata lock. Uh, I thought this was fun. I mean, Kidd and Taguchi did some good mat wrestling at the start, and Nagata running wild on Kidd was really fun. Uh, I went three stars. Good, good little opener. Yeah, I would agree. Good, solid opener. I really, it's hard for me to sort of think of the thoughts for these opening matches particularly when they involve basically just some sort of combination of like the home army and a couple young lions or in this case just one i mean you, you've seen a one you see them all but they're all usually you know pretty entertaining yeah uh match number two was another six man this time was lij sonata hiromu and bushi defeating ishii yano and yota suji in 10 15 uh, Hiromu submitting Yodosuji with the Boston Crab. Uh, I always like when the older guys beat Young Lions with Boston Crab. That's funny. Uh, the the highlight early on was Sonata greatly upsetting poor Yana with a rolling cradle. Uh, Yana was just like screaming in agony in this rolling cradle and then wandering around in circles afterwards. Uh, but yeah, this was a good little, another fun little undercard tag. Not a ton to say about it, but, uh, you know, three stars again probably was a good little tag. Yeah, just pretty much the same thoughts entertaining match um you know once you saw that yoda suji was in there you knew he was gonna lose but that's okay because he's a young lion um and i also noticed that they they focused on hiromu's uh i think during his entrance they focused on his uh wrist tape and i think he had some writing on it do you know what i didn't i didn't say it no i didn't say i I feel like i feel like it maybe was having something to do with evil it might have yeah or I, i i I could be wrong, but I feel like it might have been like just like he might have just written like why over and over again over his. Uh, uh, yeah, non, nanda maybe because th- he was saying it. I think when he came out, I think he was yeah, saying, I mean, that, like, that's Nande. just a guess. That's just a guess on my part, but, but that, that could be kind of, Yeah, I think Nande is why. Uh, <laughs> but I could be getting that completely wrong. Uh, match number three. So we forgot to mention last night, by the way, uh, at the end of Doki and Watto. Uh, after Watto beat Doki, Kanemaru attacked Watto, which I thought was kind of funny. It's like, all these Suzuki-Goon juniors will not leave this poor kid alone. And then Tenzan ran out to make the save, which I guess both established that Watto's going to be in Hontai, which I think most people assumed he was going to be in Hontai from the start, and, you know, established that, uh, 
you know, it, it set up this little six man here. So in this match, though, it was Desperado, uh, Kanemaru, and Doki beating Tenzan, Watto, and Uemura. Uh, Desperado got the pin again on Uemura in 9.44 with the Pinche Loco, um, Pinche Loco, which makes sense given what was going to happen later on the night. Um, I like that the Hantai guys jumped Suzuki-kun at the bell for once or before the bell. It's like, good. Get, give those yeah. fuckers a taste of their own medicine. Uh, and Watto looks good here again, cleaning house with kicks. Hitting a nice-looking dive. So, uh, Watto mode in full swing here. And Desperado finally pinned to a Murrow at the Pinche Loco. I would give another... Again, I'm a broken record here on these undercard tags, but it was another nice little three-star tag. I think the undercard tags were of a slightly higher quality than the first night, which helped, I think. Uh, and then afterwards, Kanemaru just continued beating down Watto at ringside, and Desperado held Tenzan for a doki pipe shot. So, this is, the heel stood tall here. Yeah, no, I, I think you pretty much said everything that needed to be said. Um, solid little match. Desperado gets a win to sort of set up his title challenge later. Um, I guess it's going to be interesting to see if anything develops with Tenzon and Watto beyond this, or if it was just, you know, something for these two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was, I was thinking about this. I had a discussion, or I was having a discussion with some of the other uh contributors in the uh, VOW Slack about Watto and his look and what it means for his career. What do you think his ceiling is going to be in New Japan? Because I, my, I think Rob, I have talking to Rob Reed. I think he, I I apologize, Rob, if you're listening, if I got this, got this order wrong, but I think in our discussion, we sort of, one of us brought up that, you know, he could, because obviously he's a junior. I don't know if he's going to be, bulking up anytime soon to move to heavyweight but I think one of us mentioned that like there's nothing wrong if Watto has sort of a sort of a Taguchi level career where he's just sort of a, a lifetime junior who you know wins the tag titles a couple times the junior tag titles wins the junior title a couple times I mean because I, I think this came off of the discussion talking about how whether Watto's look makes him look like a geek and it's like I don't think his look really it is a ridiculous look at first, but I don't think that's going to prevent him from having a solid career in New Japan. You know, so I'm, I'm, I guess my just to go back to my question is just like, where do you think his level is going to be in the coming years? Uh, I think he'll be just basically the, you know, the the same level of like. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I was trying to think of an answer, kill time for an answer, but uh, I don't know. I think he could be junior champion. Why not? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like I said, there's. I don't think there's anything wrong. And again, I guess this just goes back to the point where we're used to the young lions coming coming back in the last couple of years of being instant stars. Like, there's nothing wrong with Kawato being sort of like a Taguchi level guy who's just always like where he just ends up being the sort of. A... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network one of the top baby faces in the junior division you know there's nothing wrong with that that's a very like i'm sure he would gladly take Taguchi's career given how many times he's won the junior titles so yeah uh but anyway i don't i don't think it's anything wrong with being a junior guy you know no no yeah uh number match number four kazuchika okada and hiroki goto losing to yushiro takahashi and taiji ishimori uh in 942 when yujiro pins goto with the pimp juice uh poor goto this is like the lowest of his career i think probably and you know i i get it there's just not much for him to do right now and they need to build up some heels, so you know, Yujiro is probably going to be in a little mini-program with Okada, as absurd as that sounds, but he cost Okada the New Japan Cup. We, By the way, we didn't mention this, really. This is now the second major title that Yujiro Takahashi, of all fucking people, has cost the Rainmaker. Like, that is fucking funny. I mean, he yeah. cost him the IWGP title against AJ Styles in 2014, and now he cost him the fucking New Japan Cup in 2020 it's like is he gonna cost him a g1 final someday <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny but uh yeah just this man is like the the permanent uh fucking thorn in okada's side you know even six years later after leaving chaos for bullet club originally um but yeah like okada he threw his robe at yujiro he was fired up he wanted to start with him but uh yujiro of course disagreed and ishimori started uh yujiro working on okada is just kind of funny uh, you know, the match was short. There wasn't a ton to it. I thought it was the weakest of the undercard tags. It went like two and three quarters. Uh, it was funny that Yujiro pinned Goto with the pimp juice because I guess we're getting Yujiro versus Okada singles match soon. But I don't know, man. I think I would rather see 
go to turn heel than fucking just be uh, here to put over Yujiro. I mean, just talk about a guy who's got, like, all the talent in the world that's being completely wasted right now. But, uh, you know, it's not like he's a spring chicken either. It's like, of all, like, we need to fucking focus on, you know, we're missing all these foreign talent, and we need to focus on our, the Japanese wrestlers, and, you know, we, we're missing a third of the roster, and the best you can do with Hiroki Goto is getting on Dominion, is get pinned by Yujiro in a, ta- in a tag team match with nothing going on. It just feels like such a fucking waste. But, I don't know. But Yeah, yeah. poor Goto. Poor Goto. I mean, that's all I could say, really. Yeah. <laughs> getting pinned by Yujiro, that's, uh, I get it's desperate times, but yeah, it's desperate times. So turn Goto heel finally or something. I mean, <laughs> let's do something else. Well, what's funny is that I feel like if Goto turned heel, I mean, personally, I feel like Suzuki Gun would be a better fit for him. But but I know that you know, obviously a you know, Bullet Club need is was in more need of people. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so you know, and Gato did help by the way by taking Okada out on the floor. So. uh and then afterwards, Yujiro laid out Okada with the pimp fuse, too. <laughs> it's just really funny that we're getting a Yujiro-Okada feud. But like you said, desperate times. Uh, then we get into the business end of the card here. Match number five for the never-open-weight title. Uh, Shingo Takagi defeats Sho in 2007 with the Last of the Dragon to make his second defense of the never-open-weight title. Uh, Sho still carrying out his IWGP junior tag belt was interesting, considering it sounds like Yo is going to be out for a very long time. Uh, I have to think they're just going to have to vacate these those things, probably. But uh, yeah, still... I, I, I would think that maybe at that press conference, they'll, I mean, people will probably laugh at this listening to it in the future, you know, with us trying to guess what it is. But I would, I would think that they're going to bring that up at the press conference. Yeah. Um, they start with a big lockup. Uh, judging by the frequency of the fans clapping, they're fired up for this, which is how you have to judge it now. Uh, and show went for like they show won the big shoulder block battle at the start. Uh, they ended up on the apron where show went for a German suplex. Shingo wouldn't go up, so show went back in the ring and hit this kind of weak looking uh, sweep kick, but then a much better basement drop kick to knock Shingo off the apron. Uh, one complaint I definitely have of show, in the, even on the stage. It's that he is definitely from the Wacky Faces department of selling, which becomes very obvious when they briefly zoom in on him during a Shingo rest hold. Uh, it's, it's, it's a nitpick, because, I mean, he's fine in the rest of the match, but boy, was it a really wacky face here, and I did not like it. Uh, Shingo, he blocks Sho's spear to hit a big DET. That was a cool spot. But then Sho just, like, dodged a sliding lariat attempt from Shingo and hit the big spear anyway. Uh, Sho then hit two straight Germans on Shingo. He went for a third, but Shingo at first, like, fought him off. But then when he hit the ropes full speed for his pumping bomber, Sho, like, suddenly grabbed him from behind and hit the, hit almost like a high-speed German, like how his old running buddy in Dragon Gate, Akira Tozawa, used to do them. So that was pretty cool. Uh, or not his old running, because it was Sho that hit the high-speed German, how Shingo's old running buddy used to do it. Uh, Shingo finally came back with this big back elbow, a right hand, and an absolutely massive standing lariat, which Sho just took a ginormous bump off of. Uh, he followed with a very nasty-looking high-speed backdrop for two. Um, you know, and like I said, I complained about Sho's selling just now, so I have to say, when he no-sold another backdrop, but then, like, did it in a way where he stumbled over like he was drunk to hit the German. Yeah. That that was pretty awesome. So yeah, that was a great spot. I that, that's one of the spots that stuck out to me. Yeah. So once he recovered, he redeemed his selling a bit there. 
Uh, both guys traded lariats, and then Sho hit a big super kick to a kneeling Shingo, and both guys were down. Uh, we get the 10 minute call here, and it's crazy. It's only been 10 minutes. They just packed a ton of action in those 10 minutes. Uh, we get a big lariat exchange that Shingo wins, and then he hits a sliding lariat and the Noshigami for two. Uh, Show at one point is just like, go ahead and hit me, bitch. It was so good. And he like no-sold all the Shingo strikes and just unloaded on him. Uh, it was a great little spot. And Shingo finally comes back with the Made in Japan, but Show kicks out at two. It's an enormous pumping bomber, but Show kicks out at one. Uh, Shingo picked him up and went for the last of the dragon, but Show escaped onto his back with a choke, tried to lock in a triangle. Shingo, like, lift him up out of it, but then Sho, like, turned it right into a cross-arm pile driver, which I could see people confusing with the shock arrow. It's sort of like Hiromu for a little while when you have the time bomb and that other one that I can never remember the name of, where it's like your signature move might be a little too close to your finisher. But Shingo did kick out, too. So, you know. Uh, I think it is at least a little different because that, that pile driver is at least... You know, a different from the shock arrow, which is more of a package pile driver. Yeah, I just think it's a little sim, little too similar, but a maybe similar. maybe not yeah. as bad as the the yeah. Hiromu one. Um, but yeah, then Shingo, uh, you know, basically, okay, where was I? Lost? Oh, Show got the cross arm breaker locked in. Shingo kept trying to roll through it to get out of the pressure, but then he finally turned it into a Death Valley driver, which was a really cool spot. Uh, there was one last big strike exchange. Shingo ended up getting Sho in, in the rope, or setting him up in the ropes. Hit a GTR with Sho hanging there. And I, I, I kind of think it rolls a permanently, he like permanently has stolen that move from Goto. Uh, and then he hit the Elastic Dragon for the pin. Uh, this obviously ruled, um, you know, I, I actually think I like the, oh, I actually know I like the New Japan Cup match, Empty Arena match better, which is maybe a little bit of a hot take. Uh, I went four and a half on that one. I only went four and a quarter on this one. But, you know, it's a quarter star. What are you, what are you equivalent about? They're both awesome. But I think the New Japan Cup one was slightly better. So what did you think? Yeah, actually, s- sort of similar thoughts, though I think mine were just sort of shifted by a quarter star. I went four and three quarters on the New Japan Cup match, and I went four and a half on this one. Though I, th- I think both would be behind their first match from the best of Super Juniors last year just because... You know that that match was the only one that wasn't in a weird circumstance. Um, but no, this was this is pretty awesome. Uh, these two have such amazing chemistry, and in every time they're in the ring, even if it's in like a tag from the other night, uh, they just absolutely kill it. And you know, Shingo, I really hope that he does get a this, that this never run leads to a bigger and better run down the line because he's, you know, he's fantastic. He's just one of the best going and show, you know, he's obviously got a, a big, you know, future ahead of him and he's got all the potential in the world. Um, but no, this was just fantastic. Um, I guess since I went four and a half, it'd probably be the third best match in their series for me, which, you know, it is the third best, but that's not a slight in the least. All the matches have been awesome, so... Yeah, no, I, I guess the outcome that we expected, I, I wasn't expecting show to win. Um, I thought the GTR spot at the end was interesting. I didn't know, you know, I, I was thinking, I, I heard the Japanese commentary mention GTR. I was like, oh, are, are they setting up something with Goto? And, it's like, and then I realized, no, probably not, because you saw Yujiro. So. <laughs> yeah, but no, the, 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 uh, so it ended up being El Desperado. 
who yeah. came out of nowhere and attacked Shingo, hitting him with the belt. And first of all, I am 100% down for that match. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so, I don't I, think anyone would be, like, not excited for that match. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I just like that they're keeping to the open weight theme, and it's like, why the fuck not? Especially when, like, you, you know, like you know, like you have uh, so many people missing right now. So I can't wait for that. That should be awesome. Plus, El Desperado is, like, taller than some of your bigger heavyweights. Yeah, that's so. true. I mean, he definitely looks big enough. Uh, the semi-main event, the IWGP Tag Team Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi defeating the Golden Aces of Tanahashi and Ibushi as they lose in their first defense. Zack Sabre Jr. pins Tanahashi after the Holy Zack Driver. I love that name, the combo driver. In 2843, uh, and Sabre and Taichi are now the 87th IWGP Tag Team Champions. Um, this match fucking ruled. I mean... I, I thought it would rule, and it ruled even more than I thought it would, if anything. Uh, you know, it just started out with, like, everybody trading blows right at the bell, with Zack and Ibushi and Tana and Taichi pairing off. Uh, the Golden Aces got the early advantage. They double-teamed Taichi in the corner, and then they gave both guys double-back elbows, followed by stereo planches. Uh, Taichi almost didn't catch Ibushi, unfortunately, but Zack did do a better job catching Tana. Um, we ended up with Zack and Ibushi in the ring, finally, and Zack like, caught a kick from Kota and transitioned right into a leg hold. Uh, Ibushi quickly made the ropes, though. And then Zack went back to work on his leg, and he uh, pulled him in the corner for attack from Taichi. And then Taichi and Kota, they really didn't have any issue going in. Like, the issues were, like, Kota and Ibushi and Taichi and Tana, I guess. But, like, he was, like, stepping on Kota's head and, like, kicking him in the back and getting Kota pissed off. But every time Kota would, like, get a little pissed off, he'd, like, just start eye-raking him back down. It was just, their exchanges were so good. And then Kota would come, came back with this enormous leaping drop kick. Like, he got crazy height on this thing. Uh, and then tagged in Tanahashi. Uh, and this is all in the first five minutes, by the way. Uh, Tanahashi hits Dragon Screws on Taichi and Zack, and that's where we get the five-minute call. Uh, Zack and Taichi uh, took back over on the floor, and Taichi just started choking out Tanahashi back in the ring. Uh, Ibushi and Zack had one of their own awesome little exchanges, and then Taichi tagged back in and, like, you know, starts kicking out Ibushi, and before Ibushi could go into, like, his psycho mode... Oh, no, Ibushi did kind of go into, like, his psycho mode and started, like, kicking him back. But then Taichi took back over, and we ended up with a double submission, where Taichi had Ibushi in the stretch plum. At the same time, Zack had Tanahashi in one of his wacky holds. I can never keep track of all the wacky Zack holds. Uh, but both guys got out. Uh, and then Tanahashi got Zack in the cloverleaf, but then had to let go because Ibushi got put back in the stretch plum. Uh, he puts Taichi in a, in a dragon sleeper. They hit like this. So Tanahashi and Ibushi hit this weird like, double-team inverted final cut. I don't know how else to describe it. It's supposed to be, like, a, a double-team sling blade, but it doesn't really look like one. It's called the Golden Blade. So, uh... It kind of reminded me of a double-team side effect more than mm, a blade. Yeah, side effect might be it. But I thought it was supposed to... It almost looked like a double-team, like, inverted final cut. But I don't yeah. know, it's very, very weird. Uh, Taichi came back with the last ride on Ibushi, but Kota kicked out at two. Uh, let me get this awesome stretch from it. Everyone just exchanging moves. Uh, big Taichi Enzigiri, uh, a huge Zack Driver. The crowd you can you can tell they're pretty fired up. The clapping's like just the loudest spin all night. Uh, and Tanahashi comes back with a sling blade on Zack. He goes for the high fly flow, but Zack gets his knees up and then he like gets his knees up and rolls Tanahashi up all in one motion. It's a great near fall. Uh, it gets a really close two point nine count. Ibushi had to dive in and save him. It's not often you see someone have to make a diving save for a, a roll up. 
but uh, you know it's pretty clear what Zach would have gotten the pin with that. Uh, and then Taichi uh, hits Ibushi with the Iron Fingers from Hell while Red Shoes is down, and that's it for Ibushi. I mean, I saw people complain about this, but it's like the Iron Fingers from Hell are like an instant KO. I mean, they're, you could think they're silly if you want, but like they are built up as like instant death. Um, so yeah, that's it for Ibushi. Tanahashi ducks it, but uh, Taichi still nails him with a huge backdrop. And then Taichi just holds Tanahashi up as Zack hits these brutal-looking dra- standing dragon screws to each leg. I mean, it just destroys his leg. They look nasty as hell. Uh, they just keep picking apart Tanahashi, and they hit the double-team Zack Driver, the holy Zack Driver, with the super kick from Taichi. And that gets the pin, with Zack pinning Tanahashi about as safe of a finish as you can get, and it rolls. Uh, this was the fucking match of the night. Four and a half stars. Absolutely loved it. A ton of action. Decisive finish. I mean, this is what everybody's been fucking wanting forever, right? Tag titles that matter in this company. And I have wanted a Taichi Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, tag title reign since they first teamed up in that new that, uh, World Tag League. I think it was like the end of 2018, probably. And, you know, they were such an awesome team from the, the moment they first teamed up. They were the only reason to watch that World Tag League where they first teamed. So, uh, you know, I am definitely 100% here for a Taichi and Zack team. Or tag title reign. They're just such a great team. So, uh, very excited for that. What'd you think? Yeah, no, this was, it's, I, I, I echo your sentiments. It's great to see a great match involving these titles. Um, at, at least for me personally, I think the last time that we had matches this good for these titles, I, I, again, at least for me, it was probably like, I, I think this was 2018 where you had, I think that was the year Ewell and Sonata won the titles from Pillar Elite Squad at Wrestle Kingdom, and I re- remember that being pretty good. And then I guess, depending on what your knowledge is with the Unbucks, I thought the Evil Sonata Unbucks matches were pretty good. But yeah, I, this was a awesome match, and certainly when it comes to these titles, probably one of the best in a very long time. Um, I like how both teams have sort of developed their own you know their their own chemistry and offense together. Um, you know that that weird that one weird double team aside, I do like some of uh, the other double teams. Like I think they they, they uh, with Tanahashi and and Ibushi where they did. I think there's a there's a sequence that they do earlier in the match where it's like I think Tanahashi does an elbow drop, and then Kota does this weird splash, and then Tana does a senton. I like that. It's pretty nice little nice little double team move and. Uh, yeah, no, the action in this was great. It was a little longer than I expected it to be, but it didn't really feel the length that much. Um, and I guess one thing that I noticed that actually was sort of, uh, I guess, seen back in the New Japan Cup match with uh, Taichi and Tanahashi is that Taichi has really developed that backdrop driver into something where it's not, it's not a finisher, but like when he hits it, you know, like the match is about to end very soon. Because I, one of the things I really loved about that match, I think I mentioned it when I wrote the review for the Voices of Wrestling site for that night three show, is that I think around like halfway through that match, uh, Taichi hit Tanahashi with that backdrop driver. And then they see the story of the rest of that match was uh, Tanahashi like desperately trying to avoid it getting hit with it again because he knew he knew that if he did get hit with it again like it was all over and that's pretty much what happened you know he got hit with it and then Taichi just hit a bunch of moves and then just won the match and that's sort of what happened here where Taichi once he hit that backed up driver 
it was pretty much over because that was the setup for the, the dragon screws and then the finish. Um, I'm not sure what the best comparison would be. Uh, maybe something like the Okada dropkick, where like when he hits it late in the match, you know, okay, this is like we're getting to the end here. Okada's about to put this guy away. Um, like, like not not a move that like will finish a guy, but just like the setup to the finish, I guess you could say. But I, I really like that move from Taichi. It's an awesome looking back to our driver that just looks like it kills whoever he hits it on. Uh, but no, great match. You know, again, it's just great to see two teams and great, two teams who are like actually good and just a, t- a match for these titles that's actually like enjoyable. It's it seems so foreign given some of the the crap that we've yeah we we, we are far away from the days when when uh, was it War Machine Killer Elite Squad and God would just have like endless three way title matches on the same yeah, floor. It was so terrible. Yeah, so definitely a step up from that. Uh, the main event for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental titles, uh, Evil defeats Tetsuya Naito in 3801 to become the uh, 71st Heavyweight Champion and the 25th Intercontinental Champion. Uh, it was the second defense for the Heavyweight and the third for Intercontinental for Naito. Um, first of all, the pre-match video does a pretty good job setting this all out, basically being like, look, Evil was Naito's first pareja, uh, but while Naito was reaching his all-time career high, winning both titles, Evil was basically doing nothing. They show him losing to Ishii and Kojima cleanly, uh, which I thought was like a good little way to, to show that he was really like towards the bottom of his career. And then they show him deciding to go full heel in the New Japan Cup and start cheating to win with the ball shots and everything. And now, of course, Bullet Club helped him win the New Japan Cup, and here he is. Uh, so it was a good little video package. Um, it sounds funny to say this, but yes, uh, Evil has a new heel theme version of his theme song. Uh, it was already a heel theme song to begin with, but now it just sounds even darker. And like that one part of it just sounds like almost metal or something. It's very, I, I like the song. It did pretty cool, yeah. I think. I, personally, I liked the song more. I like the song a little more than his new choice of gear. Really? I like the gear. You didn't like the gear? I don't. It was like all black. It had that like gun, like that Tommy gun in the back, to fill in with the Bullet Club. I, I see. I thought he, I thought he looked better than he has in forever, because um, he took. They got rid of the eyeliner, and you know the all black like outfit. Just he looked more serious now, which yeah, I he should for. And he, he doesn't have the fucking scythe anymore. He just yeah. walks out like he. He looks. This is I think what people were asking for. I mean, he looks way more serious now. Yeah, I don't. I guess to be more clear, it's not the whole... Like, I like the change in the hair, and I like sort of the, the new design he has on the back of his, I guess, his singlet. I, I guess just for me, the sort of the... This is... We're getting into weird New Japan fashion talk. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I You didn't like the, the skirt bottom, thing? Yeah, the bottom half of the gear didn't really... Wasn't really clicking for me. I thought, I thought, I, I thought it looked I, cool. Especially with the cape when he comes out with the, the whole big cape and everything. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, I thought he looked. I thought he looked the best he's looked in forever. Honestly, it'll it'll take time for me. Who knows? Maybe I'll get used to it in six months, and it'll be you know just yeah. part of it. But we'll see. Uh, Naito comes out alone, so Evil has the entire Bullet Club with him, or what's left of them, all four of them, uh, coming out with him. His new evil grin is like more evil than it used to be, which is funny again for a guy whose name is Evil, but he's clearly like much more heelish now. 
Uh, Naito comes out alone carrying both belts. I'm definitely going to miss that image of him dragging both titles around. I don't think we're ever going to get it back. I do. I mean, even if he wins back the heavyweight, I think this is going to end up splitting the titles, which, you know, I get it, but I do think that's going to happen. Uh, Red Shoes kicks the entire Bullet Club crew out immediately, uh, which is probably the right decision, honestly. And the bell finally rings, and Evil takes a powder immediately because he's a bad, bad man now. He's no longer Mr. Nice Evil. Uh, Naito finally decides to take the fight to Evil. He goes out there and, like, whips him all over ringside. Now, look, I'm gonna... I saw some critiques of this match before I watched it. The first critique I saw that, like, I don't even know what the fuck these people are talking about was, like, oh, Naito didn't look fired up at all. He should have looked way more fired up considering, uh, Evil betrayed him the night before. I'm like, given his character... This is fucking fired up for him. I don't know what you what you want him to do. Do you want him to be somebody else? Like, he fucking ran out there instead of letting this guy stall and whipped him all over ringside. And then, like, hit this big running drop kick. I mean, when the fuck does Tetsuya Naito, the guy who usually, like, uh, doesn't want to walk up with a guy at the start of a match and, like, was fine stalling with Kenta at New Beginning in Osaka, even though Kenta attacked him at the end of Wrestle Kingdom... It's like, when the hell does Tetsuya Naito ever attack anybody at the fucking bell? I mean, he was, to me, he was showing fire, and he was showing that he was mad. There's another moment later on where, like, Evil uh, has him in, like, a fucking, like, some kind of leg scissors or something, and Naito's, like, gritting his teeth, like, really angry, like, you know, basically reaching for this guy, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm like, how else do you want, do you want this guy to, like, pull out a gun and shoot him? Because I don't know what else he could do, really, to show you that he's angry at this man. And wants to kill this man. Like, I, I really don't get it. So, yeah, that critique I do not understand at all. Um, you know, I mean, he, he sort of... I mean, the match sort of started where, like, Evil was sort of playing Naito's game where he was stalling. But then, like... Naito kicks his ass! Yeah, no. That, that, <laughs> Naito goes after him and he whips his fucking yeah. ass, which he pretty much never does. So... Yeah. and he just sort of... I guess you could say that he just sort of let Evil, like... It let him in with this false insecurity, like that he wasn't going to do anything, and then he just just jumps him yeah. with the drop kick. So. I mean, he kept he kept punishing Evil back in the ring. He was like choking him in the ropes. I mean, he clearly looked pretty bad to me. I don't know what people were watching. Uh, Ito finally came. Evil. I don't want to say Ito. Evil finally came back. By I combined Evil and Naito to Ito. Uh, evil <laughs> finally came back by clotheslining Naito to the floor. Uh, Naito took a pretty nasty bump to the floor, as he did throughout this match. So the, the the next funny take I need to dunk on is I saw people say, oh, Naito barely tried, probably because he was mad at the booking. Uh, he was bumping his fucking ass off to get this over, and I'm sure he did not mind. Anyone who thinks to see a Naito like, was upset about losing to Evil, and get, like, Evil is one of his best fucking friends. They go all the way back to the Animal Hamaguchi Dojo before either one of them started in New Japan, so, uh, I think he was probably fine with putting this guy over, but, uh, anyway. Keep playing amateur psychologist there, Twitter. <laughs> uh, Evil, like, got a table at ringside, and he tried to hit Darkness Falls and Naito through it, but, uh, after Evil, like, you know, he couldn't quite get it. But then he started attacking the knee, and as he did, you could hear quite a few people start yelling for Naito, uh, despite being told, again, not to tonight. I mean, this, on this Dominion show, there was way less yelling in general until this match. And I think, again, that's something people are going to have to get through their heads. Like, any yelling, any booing is the new, like, mega heat. 
as long as this thing lasts. Because, like, they're not supposed to be doing it at all, and they're trying not to do it. So if they finally can't help themselves but do it, like, that's that's he. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's, you know, another, I'm just dunking on Twitter here. But, like, another dumb tweet I kept seeing was, like, oh, the crowd wasn't that into it. They weren't making that much noise. There is a global pandemic Twitter and they're not allowed to cheer. They are literally told, do not make noise. They're only supposed to clap. So, yes, the crowd heat, as we traditionally know, crowd heat in a New Japan main event is going to suffer in every match. I don't know what to tell you. It's not a, it is not a, uh, you know, fault of the competitors that we're in the middle of a fucking plague. So, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think... <laughs> This match, or I guess the way how the crowd did or didn't react, is I don't think that's really any indictment on evil. Because when you look at the match the night before, I mean, they were reacting throughout. That's because evil, you know, was still, I guess, technically seen as a good guy along with Okada. Not necessarily a good guy, but you know what I mean. Well, they also were reacting more than the previous night because apparently the, they, they like redoubled their efforts to tell them not to cheer on the second night. Right. Like I saw Japanese fans on Twitter saying they were being told more not to react, and there was like more signage posted throughout the building not to right. cheer. So, uh, yeah. I mean that that is I, I do think that will like they'll stop doing that eventually. But like for now, we we all have to live with that. So like going on Twitter and being like, oh these these people didn't react to Night and Evil. Like they didn't react to anything because they're not allowed to react because it's a fucking plague. There's a once in a once in a fucking century plague on the earth, okay? So I'm it's gonna affect these things like crowd reactions in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway. Yeah, unless unless there's and I think that's where a match that's why a match like Shingo versus Show has an advantage, because there's no like neither of those guys are like clear like obvious heels like the bullet club guys are uh-huh so you know like that you just have better. the clap the clapping yeah. works better for that yeah yeah, yeah it yeah, works yeah. better for them and, and i think i think if if this sort of rule can no i i i haven't seen any other like non new japan shows so i don't know how they're handling it but i think at least in new japan that's just going to be a problem with any match that involves a like clear and obvious heel I agree. Mainly, and mainly with the Bullet Club guys, because even the Suzuki guys get, you know... They get more, yeah, they have more fans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, Evil takes the little glowing scythe from Milano and snaps it in half, which is such a great little heel moment. Uh, and then Milano, like, jumps over the barricade and gets in his face, which the crowd does actually react for. They just can't help themselves. But uh, Evil just sends him right into the fucking barricade. Uh, he keeps working over Naito's leg on the floor. He takes the turnbuckle pad off in the ring. He basically dares Naito to get back inside the ring and just keeps pounding on the leg before whipping him into the exposed turnbuckle twice and goes back to the leg. Um, this is definitely slow-paced, slow, slow paced, but I, I, I'm not convinced, like some people apparently are, that means it's bad. Uh, Naito's selling is great here, and Evil is pretty damn good at this point as the bully of the match. So, uh... You know, Naito gets fired up as Evil has him in a leg hold. And that's where he, like, gritted his teeth and, like, he wanted to kill this man. So, again, I don't get the Naito hasn't, doesn't show any anger or critique either. Uh, we hit the 10-minute mark and we get a quick strike exchange. Uh, but Naito's leg just keeps bothering him. Uh, Evil kicks it out from under him before Naito, like, finally runs over and hits this one-legged drop kick. 
uh, before immediately going back to side the leg again. Uh, Matt slows down a little bit from even the slower pace when Naito gets this leg scissors thing on Evil. Um, again, he rakes his eyes while he's in the leg scissors because he is angry at this man. I'm going to keep belaboring this point because I like, don't understand that critique at all. 15-minute uh, call happens here. Naito goes for an enziguri but misses. He goes down sign the leg again. Uh, Evil goes back to working it over. Uh, Naito finally comes back with a reverse neckbreaker on the apron. Uh, he grabs the table and brings it over, but as tend to happen, as tends to happen with this kind of thing, uh, that ends up being a bit of his undoing. His evil comes back and gives Naito a nasty knee breaker off the apron through the table as we hit the twenty minute mark. And again, yeah, he's really not trying, guys. Taking a fucking table bump on his knee that is legitimately injured. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not not trying. Uh, this is the spot where Red Shoes blocks Evil with a piece of the table when he tries to like wrap a chair around Naito's knee and hit with another chair. That was uh, kind of that was kind of funny. I enjoyed it. I, I know some people don't like that Red Shoes goofiness, but I thought it worked there. Just like is like get the fuck out of here, buddy. Um, Evil somewhat surprisingly does back down and just rolls back in the ring, and Naito just barely beats the twenty count. Uh, Evil locks Naito in the Scorpion Deathlock, but Naito, after a long struggle, is finally able to make the ropes. Uh, we hit the 25-minute mark as Evil hits Darkness Falls on Naito for two. Uh, Naito escapes the Evil STO and hits his new, uh, like, inverted Destino thing, which I think Milano says is called the Esperanza. Esperanza. Uh, both guys are now down. Um, we get a big strike exchange from a kneeling position, which Naito wins. They get back to their feet, and Evil rakes his eyes again, but Naito hits a big swing in DDT. He runs in and hits the running flip kick, and now he's probably doing a little bit too much on the leg from all that damage earlier, so I had to take off a little, a few points for that. Uh, we hit the 30-minute mark as Naito sends Evil into the exposed turnbuckle, and then sets him up on the top rope and hits a huge top rope rana. He hits the running Destino, but Evil kicks out too. He signals it's time for the regular Destino, but Evil counters, and there's a really awkward spot where I'm honestly not sure what they were doing. Like, they just seem to lose their place or something before they send... Uh, before Evil sends Naito into Red Shoes in the corner. So that kind of sucks. Again, something I had to take uh, a couple points off for. Uh, Jado comes out carrying his kendo stick, which does get some light boos from the crab, which, again, people got to adjust. Light boos are really loud boos. <laughs> Ishimori runs out from behind him and hits a springboard senton that holds Naito for the very slow walking Jado to get in the ring. That was kind of funny. Uh, Hiromo runs in to make the save. Super kicks Jado, who can barely take a bump for it. And then belly-to-belly super—not super, super, uh, superplexes, belly-to-belly belly suplexes a running Ishimori into the corner. Uh, it's nice that someone finally has Naito's back, at least. Uh, and this is the kind of spot that makes me still—I'm still, I'm still sus- suspicious that the ultimate destination, even for the Dome, might not be Naito Hiromu. Or for something big, like, it just feels like they're really building it up, and, you know, this could be a time killer. But anyway, it could be my, uh, you know, it could be my wishful thinking. Otherwise, why not send out Shin- Sonata or Shingo? I mean, they are building up Hiromu for the next challenge, so that's probably another reason. Yeah. Uh, all that chaos gave Evil enough time to recover and break a chair right over Naito's head. Naito comes back suddenly with an enzigiri as we get the 35-minute call, then a flapjack that sends Evil's head into the turnbuckle and a swinging reverse DDT in the corner, or from the corner for two. He hits Valentia and goes for the Destido, and you can hear the crowd getting kind of fired up again with, again, even a few people yelling. Uh, but Evil puts a stop to that with a low blow. Then we get Bushi, quote, running down to cheer Naito on, although he looks a little weird. I I kind of knew this wasn't Bushi immediately. I, I don't think anyone was really that... The, the announcers were not fooled. 
because uh, as he starts helping Naito up and then hit nails him with an elbow and like chokes him with some kind of wire or cable, the announcers are like Bushi Janai, which is like it's not Bushi. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Evil pulls Naito into the middle, uh, stomps on his dick, then hits the Evil STO with Naito, of course, landing right on his neck, and that gets the pin. Uh, I can definitely tell that would have been stunning if I wasn't spoiled. Um, but I, so my rating on this, I went three and three quarters. It was a lot better than I was led to believe by some people, especially in the Voices of Wrestling Slack and on Twitter. Uh, so I have to say, I thought, I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I was expecting to. Maybe you say, I always enjoy Naito matches, and that might be true. But, uh, I don't know, I just thought this was a lot better than I was led to believe. Um, and, but like, you know, it's, there were parts of it that were too long. I mean, it did go too long. Uh, there were parts of it that were kind of slow. I thought it was a weird invert, inverse of a lot of New Japan main events where, like, the first 10 minutes might have been the highlight. Like, the first 10 minutes were awesome. I would say, like, the period from, like, maybe 25 to 35 was, like, the part that dragged the way a lot of early New Japan matches can drag. And I just can't get behind that much interference. Plus, there were a couple awkward spots, like I mentioned. And Evil, you know, for for someone who is going to get this big crowning moment on these two shows... I would have liked to see him show up a little bit more, I guess. <laughs> like, I thought this was a lot better than the Okada match, but I didn't love Evil in either, in, in either one of them. I thought this was carried by Naito, just his selling and his, uh, you know, his great performance. I just thought, you know, Evil did look good for parts of it. I think I thought he looked a lot better here than the night before, but I thought he also had a, a tendency to just kind of disappear for long stretches of the match and really not do anything interesting. So, you know... I mean, he's a heel. It's not gonna. He's not always gonna be giving you great matches. It's not all about great matches, and you know, sometimes it's about telling your stories and uh, actually telling stories, not not what WWE claims they do, and about like you know, getting a new heel over what you desperately need. So I, like I said at the very start, I'm willing to see where this goes. Um, you know, I hope we get Naito versus Dick Togo out of this at least, because yeah, they they amassed the fake Bushi and it's Dick Togo. So I'm sure as everybody's heard by now, which is pretty awesome. And Dick Togo still rules. So uh, Evil gets like booed when he starts talking at the end. And like I said, getting booed at all is the, the new mega heat. And I thought it was really funny that he like asked his pareja to unmask himself, which is like another little shot in Naito, I guess. Uh, but yeah, they keep stomping on Naito afterwards before Hiromu runs out to save again. Uh, Naito gets carried to the back, so this could be Hiromu's moment. Uh, as he confronts Evil, and the crowd really reacts to Hiromu challenging him. So, like, they they were not, they were they were done with this fucking coronavirus shit by this point. They were like, I guess they were all, you could also say they were like, well, what are they going to do, throw us out? The show's over. <laughs> so, you know, uh, less fear, I guess, of breaking the rules at this point. But yeah, Evil, Evil just leaves without responding with his two new belts, and Hiromu has this, like, amazing breakdown in the ring, and it really works with, like, Evil's metal-sounding new music. Like, it's quite the fucking image. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know what we're getting. I guess we'll find out later tonight, and you, you listening to this, the listener, might know uh, when and where the match is happening and uh, for what title or titles. Like, if I had to guess, I would think Evil's only going to defend one title. Maybe it'll be the Intercontinental, not the Heavyweight or something. And I think it'll be probably at uh, Sengoku Lord on the 25th. But I guess we'll see. Uh, so what did you think of the match, Sean? And I guess all of this post-match antics. Well, as far as the match is concerned, the issue with how long it went is a weird one for me. Because as I was watching it, it didn't... I knew it was a long match going in. Like, I knew it was, like, 38 minutes or whatever. 
and I I absolutely think, like you said, that it was much too long and that they could have cut it by several minutes. But at the same time, I didn't really feel the length of the match when I was watching it. Maybe that's because I was I was watching this match right before we started recording. So maybe that played a role. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's weird. It was too long, but I didn't, as I was watching it, it didn't feel like it was too long. Just looking at, but it's like, just looking at that time. It's like, yeah, you could probably, didn't, did this really need to go 38 eight minutes? Probably not. Um, yeah, no, there was some pretty cool stuff in this match. Obviously, at least for me, I think the table bump is probably the highlight. Again, especially for somebody who has very poor knees like Naito. Um, yeah, not, I think they've had a couple of G1 matches in the past, and I don't think this was better than those. Um, but I, I would still say it, it, it was it was not it was not a bad match. I would say it was a, a relatively good match, but not What's one. Your story? Uh, actually, it's the same as yours. Three and three oh, quarters. Okay, yeah. well, that's a really good match, then. What are you oh, talking yeah, about? No. Yeah, really good. <laughs> I don't think I, I, don't think I agree. The G one matches were better. I know. I know what you're talking. About. I think. It, yeah. I don't know if it was one G one match or two. It might have only been one, but it was really good. The G one match. Yeah, and something else. Something else you mentioned. I, I do wish the leg stuff would have led to something a little more down the stretch. I agree. Like I feel like, I I know everything is evil is like his big finish. But I would have really loved it if he just won with that sharpshooter thing. Yeah, the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Like, I think Naito passing out and it would have been a good finish too. So yeah, plus plus it helps. Like everyone knows that everything is evil is like a like a very protected move that pretty much I don't think anyone has ever kicked out of. So I think it would have gone a long way to establishing the sharpshooter or the Scorpion Deathlock as a potential like secondary finish for Evil. Because it's it would be it would have been the move that he won the titles with. Um, I was going to mention something else. Um, oh yeah, so the I did think that, like the last like minute or so with Dick Togo coming out was very, or I guess we didn't know it was Dick Togo at that point, but we knew who it was after the fact. But I, I do think that last minute or two was awkward just because the fans couldn't react to it, but. Again, that that just goes to what we talked about earlier, where you know they can't they can't boo. What do you what do you expect? What yeah. do you expect the fans to do? They can't they can't react to anything. And then I guess as far as Dick Togo goes, but they then, did. But I I don't know. They did boo though. Like I don't know what the fuck people were talking. I read that people weren't booing. I'm like, but they were booing. Like I felt like I was on a fucking the Twilight Zone watching this. I'm like, what the fuck were you people talking about? Like, yeah. getting booed at all is the new mega heat. They are being told, if yeah. you fucking make noise with your mouth, you're spreading a deadly virus. So if they're so angry at these heels that they're willing to fucking risk spreading a fucking pandemic to boo them, that is heat. I don't know what to tell you. That is yeah. heat. So yeah. people got to adjust their priors. We're in a different fucking world until this vaccine comes out. I don't, to, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. Yeah, and, and again, like sort of we mentioned earlier, I, I don't think it should be used as an indication that, you know, the finish or evil winning or Dick Tuggo's interference didn't get over. It's just, again, just the nature of what what's going on right now. There's, yeah. there, 
limited. There's a plague, okay? Like, I'm not, I can't imagine being like, oh, look, this crowd heat isn't good during the plague. I'm like, be happy we have wrestling with fans during a fucking plague at all, you know? Like, what yeah. do you want me to tell you? Yeah, you know, and, and like we said, it's just going to be incredibly hard to judge, I guess, I guess in New Japan's case, mainly the Bullet Club, because they're the only ones who are like, 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 like heels in the truest sense but you know i guess as far as dick togo goes um he rolls <laughs> yeah just, just to go imagine and i remember watching this show several years ago imagine going back to i think this, this was december of 2016 when dick togo is wrestling chris hero on an evolve show in laboom in queens and imagine telling someone at that show that in 2020, uh, Dick Togo would be in a major New Japan angle where he joins the Bullet Club by helping Evil win the. <laughs> yeah, they, in, they in the middle probably, in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, they were probably thinking <laughs> you have three heads. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> stuff in 2020 that's pretty pretty fucking weird. Yeah, no, I I just think it's I I, I knew Dick Togo. Obviously, he was still wrestling, and you know, but I personally have not seen him since those Evolve matches. So, and I remember him being good in those. Well, he was awesome least... in DET a few years ago. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, yeah, so hopefully, you know, he brings some good stuff to New Japan. Um, he's got, and... he's one of these guys that has more New Japan appearances than people probably think. Like, he's got 35 appearances in New Japan, but like his last one. He did one uh, Lions, uh, Lions Gate, I think they were called, project. which Not Lions Break, Lions Gate, the one in Japan. Uh, he did yeah. one of those in 2017, and then that's his only appearance since 2011 when he was in like this trios tournament. And he used to team up with Gato and Jato a lot when he was in New Japan, so it makes sense that he would join Bullet Club. I mean, you know, they're like kind of his boys, so. Yeah. Now, I guess one question would be, so I guess the fact that he... Is sort of paired with evil. I guess that indicates that he is not a junior. I would assume that I he's not a. Junior. That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll find out. I, mean, I think he's yeah. probably big enough to not be a junior, especially in this company where they have a lot of smaller heavyweights. I mean, he's no smaller than like Ishii. So. Yeah, because I, I was going to say like, if 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 we presume they're doing a, a some sort of tournament for the junior tag titles, then I guess the Bullet Club team would have to be what Ishimori and, and I guess Gato. And I guess probably? Gato, yeah. I mean, I think I really hope they do Naito versus Togo one on one. I'm 100 percent there for here for that. So, yeah. and one more and one more thing because I think, I think at least I I think Griffin from the VOW staff was the first one to bring this up. So I I think credit goes to him. But if they're gonna do an evil Dick Togo tag team and they're not called Evil Dick, <laughs> like I'm gonna I think we're all gonna be sorely disappointed. Evil Dick. All right, so overall, I would call Dominion a pretty damn good show. I mean, you know, I, I, I saw some people say it sucked, and I'm just like, I don't know what show you watched. All the undercard tags are good. Uh, the, the fucking, you had two four-star plus matches with the never title and the tag title. And the main event, I, look, I understand why people don't like the main event. It was very long, and, you know, as we mentioned a million times, the crowd reaction is not the same in this COVID era, but I enjoyed it. And I think even if you didn't enjoy it, there was still, you know, you still have the semi-main and the fucking never title match. I mean, it was st- I, I don't, I don't get anyone saying this is a bad show. I thought this was a very, a, a very good show. 
it was certainly certainly better than the uh, New Japan Cup final. Yeah, by Absolutely. a lot. By a lot, I think. Um, yeah, and it was just I would say it was a pretty good show. The undercards, the undercard stuff was largely solid. Uh, you had two awesome title matches. I guess se- uh, second and third from the top, and you know, opinions are going to vary on the main event, but I think you know, six months from now or a year from now. I don't think people are, are going to remember the actual match that much, and I think the things that'll just stand out are going to be the table bump that Naito took, um, sort of, sort of similar to how I think in the Omega Tanahashi match from Wrestle Kingdom, one, the one spot that's always remembered from that match is when Tanahashi hit that failed uh, high fly flow through the table on the floor. Like it's it's going to be one of those, just like that's going to be like the memorable moment of the match. They'll probably live on more than the match itself and then obviously people are going to remember it more just for the fact that evil won and that that's when uh dick togo joined the bullet club yeah so uh yeah no i i would say it's a regardless of what you think of the main event i don't think you can call this a bad show uh all right so we i put out a call for questions which we haven't done in a long time since uh we've been doing these five matches episodes and stuff so let's get to some questions here twitter at Daruki Noy, uh, of course, Kevin from the Bad Wrestling Podcast, should they replace Jay White with Jimmy Jack Cash and just not even mention it? Or just not ever mention it? Uh, I'm going to ask you, Sean, what, do you think they should do that? Um, I'm going to say no, just because I don't know who Jimmy Jack Cash is. <laughs> oh, wow. A, hard, a, a shot fired at Kevin. And at me, because we watched one of those matches on Omakase, Sean. Sean revealing himself as not a listener. Uh, hey, <laughs> I, I I am bulk stocking podcasts. Okay, so I will be I will be getting to all of them. Don't worry. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm I'm going to say Kevin. I'm going to say yes. I think they should do that. Uh, Andrew, of course, at Puffin Brain, are the people who doubted Master Watto versus Doki allowed to have opinions anymore, or should they be forever shunned? Uh, it's tough but fair. I'm going to say forever shunned. Uh, <laughs> um, want to go that way, sure. Uh, at Travis Zick, uh, thoughts on Evil joining Bullet Club? Was it a member issue because most of them are Gaijin? Uh, that's a great. I mean, we did kind of talk about this earlier, like how much of the booking, yeah. how much of the booking is planned versus how much is like emergency. I don't know is the answer. I, 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 I it wouldn't surprise me if, especially the him joining Bullet Club part was because uh, they had no Gaijin. But, I mean, he had some very elaborate new theme music and outfits, so I don't know. Maybe this was the plan all along. Yeah, I guess unless we hear somebody, or we hear something from somebody in New Japan, then I guess we won't, we will... Maybe Meltzer will hear no. something, I don't know. At K-O-L-D-B-T, I'm sorry, buddy, I don't know how that was, Jose Maya, why did Naito not recognize Bushi was twice as wide? Look, all right, he's been out there for 35 minutes at that point. His knee has been destroyed through a table. I can I can understand why he might not immediately notice that his buddy has put on some weight. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, at Void Toaster 1992, if New Japan does not go back to Tana Ibushi, ZSJ Taichi rematches immediately, what other heavyweight tag teams could you see feuding with dangerous techers in the interim. They should finally let Goto and Ishii get a title shot. I mean, neither of them are doing anything. Um, Because people have wanted that team forever. And it's like, what the fuck else are those two guys doing? I mean, in an ideal world, that would probably, probably be what you would do. But it just seems like 
that and this is and she seems like that it was established a long time ago that Ishii's tag partner is Yano. But then Goto teamed up with Yoshihashi last year, so they can change it up. I don't know. I, that's what I would do. That'd be my answer. Goto and Ishii. Yeah, they could change it up, but I I doubt that they will personally. Uh, at Smart Callaway, curious to hear what you think New Japan will do with the U.S. title. Uh, they really could do another mid card belt, given that the IC isn't available. I do think the IC will be available soon. Uh, I think they are going to use the evil win to split the belts back again. But, you know, either way, I, I just I don't think they see that belt as a priority right now. I mean, look, the belt was created primarily for use on American shows, which we're not going to have American shows for a long time, probably, or at least beyond these li- these uh, little lines break ones. And, you know, it, it just there isn't any rush that we need this belt back. I mean, did anyone really miss that red fucking ugly-ass belt? I don't think I do, so. Yeah, and I guess with the IC belt, I think it was just a question of when, not if, they're going to... I mean, they're going to split the belts off again. It's just yeah. a matter of when they were going to get to it. Yeah, so. and I don't mind not having... I mean, even without the split, split IC, I mean, I like the focus on the Never as the secondary singles title, and I like using the tag titles as, as a secondary title, so I'm enjoying it, honestly. Um, at uh, at Anwar Starwind, are we going to see more wild risks in wrestling booking-wise because of the current era of the, of the world? Uh, it's a good question. I think so, because... Drawing has never been less important because, you know, you can only have one-third full buildings in Japan. can't have any fans in America. So, you know, but you could do wacky stuff right now. That's definitely... Yeah, this is, a, this is a great time to just try new things just because, they're like you said, they're going to be uh, limited on attendance. Yeah. Uh, so some finally some Discord questions here. Uh, Marky Versace on the Omakase channel on Super Jcast. How good does it feel to be able to talk about actual wrestling and booking decisions? Pretty good. Uh, I like doing the historical stuff too, but it's pretty fun to uh, to talk about some current wrestling that you don't know or you know what happened. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Just because I don't, and you guys, you people like you and some other folks, at least you guys can do like AEW and stuff. I don't like AEW, so I haven't had that all this time. So yeah, and at least at least you've had like at least. There's been at least some Japanese wrestling going on, even when it was like totally shut. Even when everything was shut down, there was still like you know, what was it? Zero One and Big Japan were still running and Two AW stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he also asked, "Do you think Evil is a long-term Bullet Club member? Uh, does this evolve into something else once Jay and Kenta and company can return?" That's a great question, and. I've seen people bandying about that theory, um, you know, as far as, like, when the Bullet Club guys come back from the foreigners, when they can finally get back in the country, and who, you know, I think we didn't stress, no one knows when that will be at this point. It could be in a few months. It could be not until 2021. Um, you know, I don't think anything would surprise anybody at this point. But whenever that happens, I mean, yeah, I do think, I mean, look, you could put Kenta... You could put Kenta with like if you look at Twitter, Kenta was celebrating a lot. Jay White on Instagram was looking like, uh, you know, looking upset basically, and like he looked confused or like I think he'd put like a shrug emoji or something like he didn't know what was happening. So I wonder if they're already uh, planting the seeds there. Hopefully this goes a lot better than the last Bullet Club Civil War go- went because I fucking hated the last Bullet Club Civil War. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I I think it could be a thing where we have another split where like you can put Kenta with the Japanese wrestlers and you could have a Japanese versus foreign like sides of the Bullet Club. I do think that's very yeah. possible. Yeah, and, and it with, could just be a like, Jay White face turn too because they want to do that eventually. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you do also have the rumors that uh, Anderson and Gallows are coming back at some point, which you know. If that's the case, they would seems like them going back to the Bullet Club would be the obvious fit, but that would you know greatly increase the number of members of the Bullet Club. So, I guess like you said, that could open the possibility of where they do sort of a Bullet Club like the Bullet Club with the Japanese wrestlers versus the Bullet Club with the Gaijin wrestlers, because because you could do something there. Like I mean, if it's Something like Jay, Anderson, and Gallows, and Girls of Destiny. I mean, that, that's five, so it could work. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, look, Evil there, if you put Kenta there, especially, the, the Japanese side is starting to look a lot stronger, especially if they book Dick Togo, you know, strong. So I guess we'll yeah. say. Uh, Small Doink on the Super Jcast Discord says, Now that Naito has finished the best title run in the Bushiroad era, and Gato has completely overhauled the main event scene, are we finally free from the Okada... And Tanahashi style of twenty-five minutes of listless nonsense preceding a ten-minute reversal dance. Well, uh, Mr. Small Doink, if you'd like to hear my thoughts on all fourteen Okada and Tanahashi singles matches, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/WrestlingOmakase for five dollars a month, and you'll hear all of my thoughts. Uh, some of them actually—he described a couple of the matches. Honestly, like some of them are not as good as others, but uh, many of them are better than that. So you can hear all my thoughts. Uh, he also says, will Togo versus Naito be match of the century or just match of the decade? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say match of the decade, but it could it could be match of the century. Who knows? Uh, then we got some more questions on the Voices of Wrestling Discord. Uh, Jacob, Master Watto's number one fan. I'm guessing this is something that will come up without someone asking, but how long are you thinking Evil's title reign will last? I was thinking only a couple months. But I could see them doing Evil versus Night of the Dome, especially if the crowd is still limited. I agree. I I could see them doing that, like the big Night Revenge match, if the Dome can only hold like 10,000 people or something. I mean, I think you could sell out 10,000 tickets with that. Uh, but I don't know. It's a good question. Like, gun to my head right now, I think Evil loses one of these titles by October, like before the G1 starts. Uh, I don't know which one. I would guess maybe the heavyweight, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, I I don't I I really don't have any good read on what else is going. I mean, it I don't mind having no read on it. I like sometimes having things really be shook up and not know where things are going. Uh, so you know, I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the ride, I guess. But yeah, I feel like that if Evil doesn't lose it before the G1, then I feel like you kind of sort of have to do the Evil Naito rematch at Wrestle Kingdom. Just because I, it, it would be weird for Naito just to lose to his former former stablemate the way he did and like not get revenge at all. So, yeah, I, I, that, I guess that's sort of my take on it. Uh, Sloth says, "How does the evil thing go for Bullet Club? Is it time for Jay White's babyface turn, or Bullet Club just have three main event caliber guys in the stable?" Uh, I think we kind of covered this, but yes, I do think this could be the start of the Jay White babyface turn. I do think it will take a while. But it could happen in 2021. Yeah, we'll see. And finally, Liam McCann, a great final question. Do you still feel like Master Watto? And Liam, 
Uh, by the way, congratulations on winning the Voice of Wrestling uh, Strongest Quiz Determination League, by the way, Liam. Uh, but do I feel like Master Watto? Liam, I feel like Master Watto. <laughs> do you feel like Master Watto, Sean? Um, <laughs> well, um, I will say that blue is my favorite color. <laughs> there you go. And I am wearing lots of blue right now, so... It sounds like you feel a lot like Master Watto, buddy. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, Sean, give me your plugs, and we'll wrap this baby up. All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at SACedor2994. Uh, you can follow my work at Voices of Wrestling. Uh, the most recent things that I did over there was uh, I did one review of the New Japan Cup. I did a review of the first ever Lions Break Collision. And I was recently a guest on the five-star match game with Joe Gagne. That was, that was a great episode. <laughs> yes. What did you think? Was how, what did you think of my tease of that last question? It was pretty good. You were it was a great last question. Now, did you don't did spoil you, it? Don't spoil it. People should go listen to the episode. It's like a half hour long. Go listen to it. But did you get the answer though? Did you did you know the answer? I did not or? know the answer. I had no okay. fucking clue. Yeah, like I said, what a I won't won't tease it, but what a question to end on on yeah. that. Um, it's a good tie because Joe Gagne will be on next week. So, oh, wonderful. Um, and then I guess the last thing is that I am uh, attempting to start a Twitch account. Um, well, I do have one, but I'm still sort of working out the kinks on it. Uh, probably just going to play some PS4 stuff if you're a fan of the Formula One games or uh, some other some other stuff I'm going to play. I'm going to try to get that set up. Um, might throw some EWR on there, maybe uh, TWE when I eventually get that. Um, I'm also going to try and see if I could... Uh... I think you mean TW, buddy. No, yeah. Did I not say TEW? No, you said TWE. Oh. I, I was like, unless I'm thinking of some other... This is another game I'm not thinking of. Sorry about that. I, TEW, that's what I meant. Total Extreme Warfare. Um, and then I'm also going to see if I could try to play... I don't know if your listeners have heard of a game called Hearts of Iron 4. It's basically sort of this World War II type strategy game. And I, I'm currently playing a mod, um, sort of an alternate history mod called Kaiserreich that's pretty cool. Uh, if you actually go to my Twitter, I've got some uh, nice little pieces of artwork that I purchased regarding the, the game, that, that particular, I guess that particular mod. And what's cool about it is that... Um, it's not you can't you can not only just play as you know the major countries of the world, you can play as literally anyone. Like John, if you wanted to play as like tiny little Luxembourg, you can do it. And even though you're gonna probably gonna get steamrolled, like you can totally play as Luxembourg and you'll have a good time. So yeah, no, I if anyone has a chance to play that game, I would fully recommend it. It's uh, pretty interesting. All right, well, folks, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, don't forget. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Wrestling, of course, would not fit. Uh, next week, we'll have two new Five Matches episodes. So you can get a, first of all, on the Patreon will be the next episode, uh, Omakase Five Matches with Robin Reed. Uh, Patreon.com slash WrestlingOmakase. Never miss any of our exclusive episodes. Only $5 a month. So you get to hear that one. Uh, we ha- we're going to have some fun stuff on there. 
I think we're going to do... It looks like Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns is winning the uh, <laughs> the poll by a mile. So if you want to hear... If you've missed Roman Reigns and you want to hear some Roman Reigns chat, uh, one of his best matches ever, honestly. So that'll be on the next week's... Uh, the, the, the Patreon exclusive, I'm going to say. Uh, and I haven't revealed the other matches yet, but there's a bunch of cool stuff. We're going to do some... Uh, some Big Japan. There's a couple big, big, big Japan matches on there. Uh, big, big Japan. And we have a couple uh, New Japan matches. Uh, you know, one, a couple I think that are both kind of off the beaten path. Uh, so we're going to go one in the 90s and one from today. So I'll reveal all that on the Twitter feed and on the Patreon tomorrow on Monday. Uh, so definitely tune in for that. Uh, and then on the free feed, we'll do another five matches episode for Joe Gagne. Uh, Joe, of course, from the um, five-star match game, like we just mentioned. And, you know, he picked a Dick Togo match, so that's now... He picked up before Dick Togo returned to New Japan, so he... <coughs> I guess he's psychic. But yeah, uh, that was something. So that, that pick got a lot more relevant. So yeah, check us out next week. Check us out on the Patreon. And in the meantime, as always, folks, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>